This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. All right, 602, welcome in. A Thursday edition of the opening kickoff. Mark and Lee with you for the next three hours right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. Uh, we got a lot to get to today. Got more chances for you to qualify. Really looking forward to doing that. The WNSP March Madness Matchup Challenge. Be listening for one shining moment. And you can uh, join us Wednesday. Well, you can join us Wednesday, whether you're qualified or not, at Moe's Barbecue Downtown uh, for the big contest uh, where we give you, issue you a team. If that team wins the national championship, uh, you will win a TV, smart TV from Bailey's TV and Mattress and two one-hour Wave Runner rides from Gulf Coast Water Rentals. I bring that up now because we're starting to learn about some of the new teams, some of the teams that will be in the big tournament. And, Mark, we're up to 14 now. Uh, Yesterday, Montana State, Colgate, and uh, they were two of the the ones that got in. And also, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, when I mention them, what comes to mind? Uh, Ronnie Arrow? Gotcha. You're right. Right on. Second straight year they're going. He uh, he founded that program uh, back when. And so they are going – uh, so we're up to 14. I don't think we have any qualifying, but now we're into the big-time tournaments. So just uh, at the point of boring you to death, you know, I, <laughs> when I attended – and I apologize to you, but I just have to get this out. So when I, I attended college my first year – I'm sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least you're listening. <laughs> at least you're listening. <laughs> so anyway, I attended school. I went to Syracuse 65-66 that first year. Jim Beheim was a guard captain of the basketball team. He, along with Dave Bing, they went to the NCAAs. So I I left school. I graduated, not with honors, but I graduated in 69. Beheim never left. He had a tryout with the Pistons, came back as an assistant under Roy Danforth, who eventually went to Tulane, and then 1976 was named the head coach of Syracuse. 47 years as a head coach, six decades. So I get home yesterday. I had some things to do, and I only saw the final two minutes as Syracuse was getting beat by Wake Forest on a buzzer beater. Okay, they lost on a three-pointer. Wake Forest wins it. So after the game, Beheim is asked about retirement, and this is what got very confusing. He said, well, if you were listening, I gave my retirement speech a couple of uh, weeks ago, but it's up to the university. So the university, after the loss, issued a statement that Beheim is no longer the coach, but they didn't say he resigned. And if you know Jim, like I did back when, he doesn't go quietly. He's one of these guys that, to me, has always been kicking and screaming, if you know what I mean. So he's out. After 47 years, he was the winningest active coach, and in all time, he's behind Mike Krzyzewski. So uh, one of his assistants... Uh, is taking over. Autry is his last name. He's been there. He was a player, and then he's taking over. So we had a lot of coaching news yesterday. Bayheim is out as head coach. I like to use the word retirement, but I'm not sure Jim was all into that. Mark, his last two years didn't go very well. He didn't make the tournament, the NCAA tournament. He has one national title, five trips to the Final Four. Uh, Mark Adams 
resigning at Texas Tech. We talked about that earlier in the week where he um, he was suspended for inappropriate comments and to a player. And so he didn't coach as Texas Tech got beat yesterday in their first round game of the Big 12. He decided to resign. And then Chris Beard, and we talked about this, and we, we actually, I, I want to say, I'm not going to say we broke the story, but because of the guest we had on, uh, suggested that the Ole Miss might go after Chris Beard, and he is suggested now as the leading candidate for the Ole Miss job. And by the way, Ole Miss and LSU won opening round games yesterday at the uh, SEC tournament. I just want to clean up some stuff we've been talking about, Jay Morant. Uh, criminal charges will not be filed. Uh, police have decided not to do anything about that gun incident. However, after he has missed two games, it's said that he'll miss at least uh, four more games before he gets back. And then, of course, Mark, the other story, and I know we want to get to this, is Brandon Miller. And he had a press conference yesterday. And, and I'll say this. It, it appears to me what Alabama did by having Brandon Miller talk to the local press is get him ready, prepped, for what's going to happen when he goes to Nashville. Yeah, you know, oh, what, no With the national, right? Yeah. The national medium. And, and obviously, look, he said how heartbreaking it was for a family member to, you know, what happened with Jemiah Harris. He, he felt really bad about it. He thinks about it all the time. But obviously, he's, he's not going to get into the case itself because he is considered a cooperative witness, that being the case. And, and he was obviously well prepared. I think Alabama prepared him for this uh, press conference. What do you think? Yeah, oh, I mean, they, they, he said all the right things, and and like so many in situations like this where he's involved with a case, he has that crutch to lean on. Anytime there's a question asked that, quite frankly, he doesn't want to answer, he can just say, "I'm, you know, I'm not at liberty to discuss the facts of the case at this time." I hope you understand. But he he came off as uh, in showing the right amount of sympathy uh, to the family, and 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 had a as good a perspective as you can have on the situation for a guy that's in the situation that he's in. So I, I thought he handled it as well as he could. And, and absolutely the university done it, has done it for the same reasons, for the re reasons you mentioned one, get him out there and get him a taste of what's coming. And then uh, two, take the time in which he wasn't talking to the media to prep him for the time that he was going to talk to the media. So uh, I think, you know the media as well as I do. Uh, they will continue to kind of poke and prod and, and hope to get that sound bite that will go viral. But uh, under the circumstances, I think he handled it as well as, as any person in that situation could handle it. I agree with you. I, I, I You couldn't expect anything. He's not going to talk about the, the car he was driving or, or the gun in the back seat because I could just imagine if he came out with something like I just imagine. I guess I watched too many Law & Order uh, shows. The, the, the people involved in this prosecution will go nuts. I mean, they they don't want him saying anything right now. Obviously, you know, as, as he is being considered a cooperative witness. And again, reminding everybody no charges were ever filed against Brandon Miller. Now, he was asked, and, and you're right, as the media will, yeah, let's get it here. He said, what do you think about all the boos and jeers you get when you go to yeah. a hostel? Well, I, we just lean on one another. And that makes us better, that type of stuff. So, and, and I don't mean to cut you off, no, but sorry. I do think, you know, I know it's in the grand scheme of things in the, in, in the points of this case, it's such a minor issue. It's not, even a, it's not even a thing, but we are a sports show. So I, what's really kind of crazy about this is as is, is, is detrimental as some of this is and how his world has been turned upside down. And I'm not saying 
good or bad for him. I mean, I'm you know, all I'm saying is for him to go out and continue to produce the way that he has done it is is really phenomenal. And and I've said this before, I made this comparison before. It's very much like Cam Newton. It's very Cam Newton-ish. Not the facts of each of their cases, but the fact that there was so much publicity and he was under such a spotlight when he was at Auburn for for all the wrong reasons, yet continued to go out and block all that out and play at such a high level. Really, um, really is a testament to his focus. Like Cam Newton. I mean, every week there was something about Cam. People were saying something and he did this wrong or his dad was doing this or Auburn was doing that and he shouldn't be playing and and he just continued to go out and play at such a high level. Same, same with Brandon. I mean, the dude's gone out and just balled all season long. Uh, and I think you or me or Nick or whoever would go out there and it's unlikely that we would be able to block all of that noise out. Let me just say this. I'm curious when Paul Feinbaum joins us at 7. He's up in Nashville for the SEC basketball tournament, which got underway last night. Auburn and Arkansas today at 6. Alabama doesn't play till noon. So the press conference was held in Tuscaloosa because Alabama had not yet left. I'm curious because Paul had a number of coaches on yesterday on his uh, SEC ESPN show. He talked with a number of head coaches, including Bruce Pearl, and we'll get to that. But I'm curious. And I'll ask him because I don't know if they're going to get Brandon Miller on the show along with Nate Oates. I, I'm assuming he'll have Nate Oates on today, but I don't know that for a fact. I, I'm not, I have nothing to do with the show, but I'm curious if they're going to ask for Brandon Miller and to see if that happens. Because like I said, Alabama smartly before they fed him to the. <laughs> fed to the major media. And when I say that, you know, your your national media, they kind of like teased him with the local media. It's kind of like the, the teaser or the warm-up act before you get to the big show. Well, I mean, partly tongue-in-cheek, wouldn't, if you're Alabama, wouldn't you want Brandon Miller to go talk to Paul Feinbaum before Nate Oates? I mean, he's got a better... Uh, batting average with the media right now than, than Nate does. Now, granted, it's only been one it's been one session, but he handled it better I, than Nate Oates has handled. Yeah, I can't imagine them putting Miller on with Paul without the coach being but there. But I, I, don't, I don't think Paul would I don't go either. attack mode. No, on, I don't think Brandon he would. Paul, Paul does not He's do that. He's in his old, he has. old age. I, look, I've, I've listened to his show on TV and in the car radio. He, he doesn't attack uh, coaches, I mean, they used to, he had that term coach killer, but if you ever listened to him interview coaches, he doesn't do that. At least in the interviews I've heard, Mark, maybe he does it when, and, but I have, he does not do that. And so you're right. And, and if they're going to, and again, I, I'm totally speculating. I don't know if Brandon Miller is going to be asked to go on the show. They may ask for him. They may not get him. but I would think if he goes on, Nate Oates would be there with him. Uh, so I'm kind of, has, has there been an athlete? I'm trying to think that kind of folded under that outside pressure. I can't think of one that comes to mind. Nick, do you, can you think of a, an athlete or a coach or something who was constantly in the media for all the wrong reasons and, and kind of petered out? Yeah. Just didn't play melted, well because of all the distractions. Melted. What about, Okay. It's like Brandon Miller obviously did. Who was Cam the, ba who was the basketball player with the Wizards and was involved 
years ago in a gun incident. Gilbert Arenas. Yes. Did he? Was he able to? I don't remember how well he played afterwards, though. That that beca- that was a huge story at the time, and he was a darn good player at least up to that point. Do you remember? Did his career kind of go down the toilet? And I got a good toilet story for you, Mark. Wow. Okay. And you said and you said you didn't want to bore us earlier, and then you come up with a toilet story. All right. I, I'll, think about that, Nick. About Arenas. So Steve Ballmer is the uh, owner of the Clippers. And he has vowed to get the Clippers out of the arena where the Lakers play. Just get their own identity. So they're in the midst now of putting up a billion-dollar arena. And yesterday they had a press conference, and along with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, they toured it. And he raved about the toilets. He said, we have three times as many toilets and urinals (laughs) in this than the average NBA venue he says, I, w- I don't want people waiting online. Hey, kudos to you for that. I give you that. I want them back in the seats. So he said they have like 1,160 toilet urinals in this new arena, which will be ready in time for, let's see, 2024, 2025. It's a practical amenity. I agree. This is good. Yeah. You know, I mean, you. I'm sure, heck, I I could. I'm not going to get into it, but I can remember times you go to the restroom, and by the time I get back, some major major play had occurred. I missed a Saints touchdown one year, or maybe it was the Steelers <laughs> touchdown because the lines were so long. Well, you got to have those TVs over the urinal so you don't miss that kind of stuff. Do they Talk now? about a minute? I haven't been to a Saints game in years. Do they do that now? I have. No I know they have radio broadcast so. in some places. So did Gilbert Arenas? Did did his career go down the? Yeah, so the uh, incident with Gilbert Arenas was in 2009. Uh, Gilbert Arenas had a pretty uh, steep drop-off from averaging 28 to averaging 19 the year before that incident. Um, So I don't know if the gun incident kicked it off, but maybe things were in the works around that time behind the scenes. Gotcha. See, guns were evident then. Uh. Someone said Marcelo Zuna comes to mind, Matt, in the app. Bobby said Tiger Woods. OBJ, according to Sean. Ozuna, you mean with the, the Braves DH? Yeah, he didn't have a good year last year. Yeah, that's a good point. That He was the uh, Braves. He had that great year two years ago, and then after the incident. Oh, what about, what about Ben Simmons? That's like probably the best example, right? But he he was an MVP, all defensive player, all NBA player. Then what happened against Atlanta in the playoffs? Everyone rags on him. Then he hides from the NBA for. Coach, this long, I I think you missed it. I gave my retirement speech on the court last Saturday, and I gave it in the press conference afterwards, and nobody. Except William Payne figured it out. All right. Well, I mean, if you got to figure it out, then maybe it wasn't really a retirement speech. It sounds more like they don't want me back. Let me let me a little revisionist history. Now, I haven't heard. I didn't go back and listen to what he said last week, but I still stand by my previous comment. If only one person picked up on you retiring. Maybe you need to be a little bit more specific when you're talking about your future plans. Kind of sad, like in the last two years. This year, they wound up 17 and 15. Still possibly could get an NIT bid because they love... uh, Well, actually, I take that back. The NIT, I don't think, is in New York anymore. I think they're going to Vegas, so uh, strike that. 
Um, but they, the last two years, they haven't made it to the NCAA tournament. And all the years they did, they were the beast of the East for a long time. Uh, great memories, a championship, five trips to the NCAA. But I will say this, Mark, there are many probably who felt he should have retired sooner. Uh, at the age of 78, that maybe the he just wasn't getting it done recruiting-wise and record-wise. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, you guys can jump in, 694-1055. We're asking for uh, guys, athletes, who kind of wilted under outside pressure. Obviously, we made the comment in the first segment that Brandon Miller for Alabama has done just the opposite. With everything going on, whether you're – uh, Brandon Miller fan or not, you have to acknowledge that the dude continues to play at a high level, right? A lot like Cam Newton, although their their scenarios outside the game are are, are, are not very similar, clearly. Uh, but there was a lot of pressure, a lot of spotlight, and they continued to shine. We're asking for the guys that were in situations where they were getting a lot of publicity off the court for all the wrong reasons. And it ultimately impacted the way they played the game, whatever game that was. Uh, the other thing we need to talk about is uh, Calvin Ridley. He penned a very long kind of piece about what kind of space he was in mentally and uh, when he placed the bet on the Falcons with the Falcons last year that ultimately led to a suspension. Did you read it? Did you yes, get, did, he, um, did it change your opinion? No. Uh, <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> no, it didn't change my opinion. You know, it's one thing after the fact to issue a statement like that. He went through the reasons that he was in a dark time, uh, mentally, uh, anxiety, and all this kind of stuff. I'm not going to get into all the, the details, but he said he was in, a, in the wrong place. I, I say he was in a dark place at the time, and things weren't going good with his life, and he was very depressed and so forth. So I, I don't know if you can use that as a reason to go out and do something that you know you're going, if they catch you, you're going to get suspended. There's no question about it. Hopefully he's regrouped. He's now with Jacksonville, start new uh, with the Jags. Uh, you know, he had he had good numbers with Atlanta. Um, I, you know, I'm sure that left them with a little bit of a hole on their offense when this occurred. He's not the first player to be suspended by the NFL, uh, but it's been a long time since there has been one. And hopefully, uh, you know, I'm rooting for him. I hope he has a good uh, start with the uh, uh, Jacksonville Jags. He uh, said he was in a dark place and he made a stupid mistake. Uh, but he wasn't trying to cheat the game. Um, did he win his bet? You know, that's a great question. I, I know. I did he? I but don't he know. just, he's clearly, athletes are on just a different financial level than us because he just, he downloaded one of these apps. I'm not even sure which one it was to make some bets. Dude deposited 1500 right there. They just live in a different world. Oh, heck, man. that's nothing compared to Mattress Mac or whatever the guy's name. Mattress right, who Jim. is also in a different world I yes. cannot relate to. Hey, Jerry Palm is next. We're talking some hoops right here on the sports station WNSP. The ball is tipped, and there you are. You're running for your life. And all the years, no one knows just how hard you worked. But now it shows. In one shining moment, it's all on the line. 
Welcome back in. The opening kickoff, 632. That's the voice. That's the song. It's our WNSP March Madness matchup challenge. Be the first one to get Nick on the phone at 694-1055, and you're the latest to qualify for our challenge. We'll be at Moe's downtown on Wednesday. We're qualifying 58 different individuals. You come down to Moe's, and uh, we will issue you a team. If that team wins the bracket, you get a smart TV from Bailey's TV and Mattress and... And two one-hour Wave Runner rides from Gulf Coast Water Rentals right here in Mobile. But you're saying, Mark, 58, where are the rest of them? Ah, we're leaving eight open for those that do not qualify here on the opening kickoff or the final drive. You can come and have an opportunity to sign up for a chance to grab one of those eight teams. Uh, who do we have, Nick? You got a, you got a winner? I know you do. Herb. Herb? Herb. Nice. Congrats, Herb. You're the latest to qualify. Be listening for more details and multiple opportunities later today to get that done. Let's talk some college basketball now with somebody who can't. I just can't wait to see uh, when we talk to him next week how his uh, brackets did. He's re right on usually, maybe one off or something like that. That's Jerry Palm, CBS Sports Course. CBS covers the uh, NCAA uh, March Madness starting with Selection Sunday uh, this coming Sunday. Jerry, good morning. How are you today? I'm all right. How are you? Pretty good. So um, I'm not going to ask you to go through all your brackets right now. Oh, but good. I, yeah, I'm not, not going to do that. But I'm going to ask you, how do you feel about it? You, you, is this one of the – are you going in pretty optimistic that most of the teams you have in there will still be around Sunday? Um, yeah, it's uh, – I'm usually optimistic, but uh, there's a long way to go and um, still a lot at stake for the teams on the bubble to, to determine whether or not they're going to get in. All right, speaking of bubble teams, North Carolina wins their opening game going away. Does uh, does that secure them a berth yet or no? That does absolutely nothing for them, except give them a chance to play a team that can help them because now they're going to get to play Virginia. Their one quad one win of the season was Virginia uh, at North Carolina. Uh, now they get a chance to try and beat them on a neutral floor. But beating losing to Boston College would have been a disaster. Beating them does nothing. People are so intrigued by last four in, last four out. I'll, yeah. I'll go there first, and then I'll come back to a more important question. So right now, last four in. Um, Penn State, Mississippi State, Utah State, and the last team in. Oh, gosh, who's the last team in? It's, um, it was the Big Ten team. Oh, it's Michigan. Well, Michigan? Michigan. What, what, if, yeah. what if Mississippi State gets beat by Florida in the uh, opening? Yeah, that's not good for them. Yeah, that, that opens the door for someone else, maybe. All right. Now, I mean, the thing you have to consider is all of these teams down in the bottom of the bracket, they're going to lose their final game. They all will. So they can't all miss the tournament. So they still have to take 68 teams. So losing to Florida would not be good because that's not a tournament team. But, you know, they have to take somebody. So not not all hope is lost. I mean, that, that and that's what happens is you get – People look at these teams at the bottom of the bracket like their last four to five or six in, and as soon as they lose, it's like, well, they're out. Well, okay, but if they're out, who are we taking? You know, <laughs> you can't kick everybody out because they lose. You know, we talk about one shining moment, you know, to figure out who's going to win this tournament. Well, for Jerry Palm now, this weekend is one shining moment. He'll be getting a lot of TV time, CBS coverage. Jerry, last four out right now. Um, North Carolina, um, 
Oregon, Clemson, and Wisconsin. So the question I have, more importantly, last week we had you on, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, you said Alabama would be your choice to win it all. Which teams out there do you think have a realistic chance of winning it all this year? Oh, there's 10, 11, you know, a, a dozen. There's there's no dominant team. There's nobody that is sitting out there thinking, oh, gosh, how, how is anybody going to beat that team or that team? You know, it's going to be about matchups. Who's having the right, a good day on the right day, kind of thing. There's the Gonzaga, which just won the West Coast Conference. It's going to be a two or a three seed. They could win it. Um, you know, there's there are several teams that could win it this year. All right, going into Sunday right now, unless there's a dramatic change, who do you have on your top line? The four top teams: uh, Alabama, Houston, Kansas, Purdue, and the the biggest challenger is UCLA. But they got the bad news. Yesterday, um, Jalen Clark, their second-leading scorer and rebounder and the defensive player of the year in the Pac-12 is going to miss the rest of the season uh, with an Achilles injury, and that's, that's a big blow to them. We'll see how they do in this Pac-12 tournament. Uh, we won't get a, a large sample size as, as to how uh, this is going to impact them, but it certainly is going to impact them. Besides North Carolina, name another team or two that has got to have a good uh, tournament or conference tournament? Uh, I would say of the teams that I haven't mentioned yet, Rutgers, which is probably actually among um, my first four out, uh, Oklahoma State is in there as well. You know, th- those teams, I mean, oh, Rutgers and Michigan play an elimination game today. The, the loser's out. The winner still has work to do. Um, Oklahoma State got a win last night over Oklahoma. Now they got to try and beat Texas. Uh, they may have to win that game as well. i you know, everybody down in this part of the bracket has got something left to do if they want to feel comfortable on Selection Sunday. Jerry, yesterday we had a guest on from Saturday Down South who claims that the NCAA committee basically ignores the SEC tournament. And he, and he pointed out a number of factors where teams won in the tournament and it didn't improve their seeding at all. Do you find that to be the case, not only with the SEC, but with other of these postseason tournaments that they really don't mean that much? Well, they don't mean as much as people think, but they certainly don't mean nothing. Just because you win and your seed doesn't improve, doesn't, maybe you were wrong <laughs> about, about them. But not every win is going to improve your seed. It's just, just that's not how it is. Um, I would say that that's that's just um, not true, and uh, yeah, all these games matter, um, but they, you know, not every they don't matter so much that every game absolutely moves you in the bracket. They're neutral court games against you know teams in your league of varying quality, uh, but the diff- really the thing that is different is that they're neutral court games and not home or road games. Um, but you know, and the committee likes to see you do well away from home. But that's really it. Otherwise, it's just another game on your schedule. No more important than a game in December. All right. I got a couple of questions relative to the SEC. Number one, do you feel confident that no matter what, Alabama goes to Birmingham for the first round? Yeah, I don't see how they'd have to be something like seven or eight overall before you start worrying about them missing Birmingham. And that's just not realistic. Arkansas and Auburn tonight, which I look at as a really, really good matchup today in the SEC tournament, are both teams a lock to go to the NCAA tournament? 
Yeah, they'll both be in. Um, the loser of that game isn't going to like their seed. The winner still has a little bit of something they can do about it. What if, here's the hypothetical, let's just say, and I'm pulling this out of the hat, let's say LSU, the 14th seed in the SEC, wins the whole thing, which I know they're not, but let's say they do. <laughs> Does that knock out another SEC team that was destined to go? No, not necessarily. In fact, I would say that's unlikely because there really aren't many SEC teams right at the bottom of the bracket, with the possible exception of Mississippi State. Um, it, it doesn't work that way, that it has to knock out a team from that league. Because leagues don't get bids. You know, teams get bids. So it would knock somebody out, but not necessarily an SEC team. All right, putting aside Gonzaga, I'm not including them in this, 14 teams have already qualified for the NCAA tournament, most of them from the one-bid leagues. Do you think any of them have any kind of shot at winning their first game? Yeah, sure. Uh, Drake, Oral Roberts, uh, I would put those two on the list. Um, those, and uh, there are a couple others that are still in their tournaments, but Drake and Oral Roberts are the two that I think have a chance to win a, a game or maybe two. But it's going to depend on the draw, of course, and where they end up getting seeded. But, um, you know, Drake won the Missouri Valley Conference. They've got a player that could play at a at a major school. Um, his dad coaches the team, so he's, play, he's playing for his dad. Um, but that's a, that's a really solid team. And then Oral Roberts, you may remember, was in the Sweet 16 two years ago during the pandemic tournament. And that team, uh, you know, was, was had the leading scorer in the nation, Mac, Max Aismas. He's still there. So they've got some guys who went to the Sweet 16 on that team. Uh, they're not going to be afraid of anybody. And they already know they can win So because um, they've done it before. So it's uh, – it should be an interesting uh, draw for Oral Roberts. I would not want to see that team in my in my four or five or four thirteen or five twelve game. Your thoughts on Syracuse parting company with Jim Beheim? Well, I mean, forty seven years is a long time. The program has kind of stagnated. Um, Jim may not have the energy required to do it anymore. The patience to to learn all of the new ways that uh, recruiting is happening now and. Uh, probably best left for the next generation. Jerry, it's going to be a nice weekend for you. Busy, busy. I can't wait to see how you do with your brackets when you come back with us next week. They, of course, announce all that. Do you get any prelim being with CBS? Do you get any no, beforehand? Nothing. nothing. They don't They don't nope. call you and say, hey, no. no. They don't ask you for advice? No. Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> right, I'm only teasing. No. We, get, we, get, we don't find out... Um, we have like one, maybe two people that find out in advance so we can get some graphics done. That's it. And those people are sworn to secrecy <laughs> and, and will definitely lose their jobs if, if anything gets out. So that's pretty much it. Um, I, I don't know anything. Uh, they certainly don't talk to me this time of year. All right. I have the CBS Sports Network. Is there a set time that you're on during the week or they just go to you every night? Every- Afternoons and evenings? Yeah. Whenever we have games, but it will be afternoons and evenings, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. What, and, and well, Sunday I'll be on uh, post-selections. I don't think we're doing anything before the selections. You know, so I've, often, post-selections. I've often wondered, too, some of these tournaments go right down to the wire on Sunday. Are they, are they hurt at all, their teams, because they're basically ending their game about, what, 40 minutes before Selection Sunday? No, the committee has already taken that into account. They have contingency brackets based on the results of the late Sunday, all the Sunday games, actually. Um, if, if they need a contingency bracket, because they don't always necessarily need one, 
um, for a given game. But for all the contingencies they need, for all the results that could impact the bracket, they have got contingency brackets, and then they just throw away the ones they don't need as the results come in. Hey, man, great stuff as always. Jerry, no, it's a busy time. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll be in touch. All right, thanks. That's Jerry Palm, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, when we come back, we'll open up the phones for you guys. You guys can uh, chime in at 694-1055. We've asked you for athletes who have essentially crumbled under any outside pressure or not played up to their abilities because of uh, said issues. Talked a lot about Brandon Miller um, and the, his comments going uh, talking to the media for the first time. In fact, that he is his play has not fallen off at, at all. And I kind of likened it to Cam Newton and his ability at Auburn just to... Um, I never lose sight of the fact um, family has lost one of their um, loved ones that night. Um, this whole situation is just uh, really heartbreaking. Uh, respectfully... All right, uh, wrapping up hour number one, that the voice, obviously, of Brandon Miller, the Alabama basketball player who met with the media yesterday for the first, but I can only imagine not the last time as uh, as Alabama prepares to uh, take its turn in the SEC tournament. They play tomorrow. Um, Auburn and Arkansas, I think, quite frankly, the highlight of today. That's Absolutely, the one I, I agree with you. Yeah, because... Obviously, this is going to maybe improve seeding for either or. Uh, Arkansas lost to Auburn earlier this year, but they didn't have Nick Smith in the lineup. So I think that changes the dynamic. Let's just see how improved Auburn is. You know, they come off the win over Tennessee, certainly battled Alabama down to the wire. But now this is a different uh, venue. You know, you're taking on an Arkansas team you already beat, but it's vastly improved from the last time you faced them. Uh, By the way, you mentioned Kevin Durant out in a boot now with the ankle. Did you see it's on social media? Did you see, I mean, he looks like you and me going to Berlin. <laughs> I mean, dude, just, it looked like he slipped with the plant foot. He almost busted his butt. Quite frankly, it's, how many times does a player get hurt during pregame warmups? Hardly at all, especially a player of his caliber. And you can imagine, and, and I lined up a guest on this at, at eight 30, uh, Robbie Baker, Oh, my gosh, that looks like something out of a movie. Yeah. You know, I'm serious. But, I mean, you know, you have this big turnout. Uh, tickets, I've, I've actually inquired about tickets there because my family members are going out to Phoenix. They're virtually impossible to get. They're sold out anyway. But now with Durant, and here he is coming off a couple of wins. They had won three in a row, and then they win their fourth yesterday. Durant back in the lineup. Everybody's excited. He's in the starting. No, he's not. He's out. Now, we don't know. They're going to do an MRI today. The and good news is the ball hit the iron, so it wasn't exactly he didn't airball the layup, Nick. I know this this is important because you know it's bad enough. Durant haters out there are probably getting all over this video, but I've watched it several times, and the ball did make contact with the iron. Just saying. Good to know. Okay, just just wanting to let you guys know that. Uh, by the way, speaking of athletes in the news, uh, did you see what happened with Jake Paul and? Floyd uh, Floyd Mayweather last night. So both these guys are outside the Miami Heat game, right? And Mayweather and his entourage kind of roll up on Jake Paul, who's only got like one guy there. <clears throat> and of course, video was taken and taken and sent to TMZ. 
So a couple of Mayweather's guys were like, are we going to mess this guy up? Or like, I'm paraphrasing clearly. So the video shows Jake Paul turning and running from Mayweather and his entourage. And he's he later got on Instagram, which was down for most of the night last night, I might add, uh, to explain why he, he took off. But <clears throat> I'm going to be honest with you. If I'm in the same situation, I can't say I'm not not going to do the same thing. I mean, he, he was outnumbered at least 10 to 1. I'm running too. I think it was a bad business decision. You let those guys jump you in public, file the police report. You're going to come out with a pretty nice payday, I think. I would have just, you, you, I would, I would have antagonized him. You would have taken the beating. I was like, I'd be like, oh, y'all want to jump me? I bet you can't. Let's see it. Was that much different than what happened in the Vegas incident with Kamara, where you had, I don't know, how, it wasn't ten, I don't know, but it was at least four that were indicted, and then the, and the guy supposedly tried to run. Yeah, he was stuck in like a hotel yeah, lobby or hotel right. room. No, there, it's pretty clear that. And my guess is, in that situation, if the roles were reversed and this dude was trying to run, my guess is Kamara was going to track him down. But no, uh, Jake Paul just... but So you would have taken the beating for publicity. I mean, he is for a publicity, publicity hound, right? So that'd be right in his wheelhouse. Payment, you know? Like, you can't just jump people outside of an arena. There are going to be repercussions for that. Yeah, I'm not sure a lot of video cares. A lot of video and all that. I'd file a suit, and then I'd settle it out of court. Okay. And, and certainly even, even if they wheeled you into that court? Bigger payday. See, see, <laughs> so you're willing to do just about anything for money in there. Uh... <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I mean, what you're saying is if we went out here right now and I turned my phone on and we videoed, you'd let you'd let Lee whale on you because there'd be... Yeah. Will, what do you think, Lee? Is it worth it? No. Look, the other day... First I, of all, I I ran into, I'm our, not much of a fighter anyway. I'd pull his hair. The other, the other uh, day I ran into Lee in the hallway and, and he started bowing up at me. That's right. Hmm. I wasn't scared, though. I didn't back down. Nick's very antagonistic <laughs> in his own little way. He's the WNSP version of Jake Paul. Well, he is. He's he's very low-key. He's going to snatch the hat right off my head the day I bring I wear a hat. He's but just going to be asking for it. It gives you that look like, you know, just don't mess with me. Get out of my way. I'm too important here. Hmm. So he thinks. Okay. Hey, I didn't say it. No, you don't. I'm, no, I'm just saying <laughs> you give that look. You don't say it, though. Mark, would you agree with that statement? Is that the music? Did no. <laughs> um, I think you have a unique way of sparking conversation. Mm. How about that? I like that. That's pretty good, right? I'm good at uh, pushing buttons physically. Yes. And I'm good at pushing buttons metaphorically. Mm-hmm. How about that? All right. Uh, <laughs> on that note, this time it was me. I did it. Um you know what? I talked to uh, <laughs> the choice word, stupid. Uh, I talked to my guy, Aiden Marks, just yesterday. Uh, and one of the things that we need to talk about at Medicare Insurance Advisors, he doesn't sell 
you insurance. He helps you navigate the waters for Medicare, right? So he had a client call him asking if he needed to add Medicare to his VA benefits. Uh, and there's a lot of kind of red tape and hurdles to clear in that. In that situation, the answer was no, he didn't. But every situation is different. So that's why you need to call Aiden Marks of Medicare Insurance Advisors because he can answer questions like that. He's uh, local, he's knowledgeable, and he has a physical location uh, right there on Highway 98 across from uh, Terry Thompson Chevrolet. You can give him a call, 463-0031, 463-0031. There's never a fee for his services. So if you're new to the area, if you're within a year of retirement, you need to call him and he can answer questions like that. Plus, if you're just tired of the nonstop solicitation calls, uh, that's one way of getting out of them. So give Aiden Marks of Medicare Insurance Advisors a call. Again, 463-0031. Hour number two starts with Paul Feinbaum. Cole LaRue of Kennesaw State. They're going dancing. He's from Mobile. He's going to join us. A couple of local notes and I haven't even got to. Jake, uh, Josh Flowers, the quarterback at Baker, according to a report, is verbally committed to Mississippi State. He had a lot of offers. We talked about this in his sophomore year. I think Alabama came in. There have been a number of SEC offers, uh, visits to a number of campuses. And, and Josh, you played basketball on the Baker team and still has one more year of uh, eligibility at Baker for football has committed to Mississippi State and Trey Williams and we remember Trey back when he was at St. Paul's was a terrific guest uh, he's been moving around as a coach and now it apparently the reports are he's going to be hired at South Alabama to replace uh, Jamal Lett and Jamal was a guest of ours when we went out to Davidson he's a Davidson alum he was coaching at South on special teams Mark he is now taking a similar job with North Carolina all right, when we come back, Paul Feinbaum will join us. Uh, hour number three includes Jim Nagy, and uh, you mentioned Robbie Baker out in Phoenix. So continue with those comments in the app at WNSP.com. Got to get to this story about uh, one of our callers going gangster back in the day. Apparently, it did not work out for him. Stay with us. It's the opening kickoff. Is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. Number two here on a Thursday. Thanks for hanging with us. The opening kickoff continues right here on the sports station WNSP. All right, a lot going on in Nashville with the SEC basketball tournament. Uh, you had first round winners included Ole Miss and LSU. They'll play again today. Game that we'll be uh, setting our sights on at six o'clock tonight with Arkansas and Auburn, the third of the fourth game of the four games. Alabama does not play until tomorrow at noon. Also, uh, 
in, let's say, SEC basketball uh, news, Brandon Miller was made available by Alabama to the public for the first time when they had a little press conference going on there in Tuscaloosa, obviously preparing him for what he may face up in Nashville. And somebody who's right there because he uh, had his show up there yesterday, interviewed a number of coaches, and uh, those associated with the SEC tournament, our good friend from ESPN SEC, Mr. Paul Feinbaum. Paul, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today? Good morning, uh, Lee. Uh, yeah, you're right. It, it, uh, the first day of the SEC tournament is a little bit sleepy sometimes, but uh, it, it really uh, starts today. Uh, some of the bigger names, and of course, as you mentioned, Alabama tomorrow. You uh, you got off to a good start. I took a look. I actually heard the interview with Rick Barnes, and uh, I missed the one with Bruce Pearl. But I'm kind of curious. And again, I don't know the dynamics of the show and how who puts the guests. But is there a chance, or is there a request that? You, you you want to get Brandon Miller and or Nate Oates on the show today? Uh, I think I think it's highly unlikely uh, based on what I've heard from their just the, the way the, this tournament is working. One thing about the, the first day, uh, we're we're in the arena, uh, so and they they practice and, and they walk up three three uh, three flights just uh, three three steps and they're they're on the show. Where today it's it's completely differently. Not to get too inside, but. The games are going on, so we're we're off uh, uh, a little higher up, uh, and and most coaches do not want to talk once this tournament starts. And I don't think Brandon Miller uh, is going to say anything else. I don't know that for sure, but I doubt he will. The, the whole purpose, I think, of him talking today was to get it out of the way. And we did talk to Nate, Nate Oates about uh, two or three weeks ago, so he, he's not a stranger. Uh, but I don't know. I, I doubt he'll be on today, though. Yeah, and I happen to agree with you. I don't know what else he can say. I mean, because if he and quote unquote uh, the little knowledge I know, but from just from watching TV shows, uh, if he's a cooperative witness, he's not exactly. They're not anxious to have him go out there and speak much, are they? No, and I don't know the dynamics of of what happened yesterday, but I, but I'm sure he uh, he had got uh, Brandon Miller had gone over what he wanted to say with his uh, coaches as well as lawyers. Uh, he said it, and and he you know, when he was asked more to expound, he didn't. And what you saw there is exactly what you're going to see. I know all these uh, columnists are out there you know, writing, oh, well, he's going to be dealing with the media the rest of the way. No, he's not. Uh, he doesn't have to answer anything. I mean, he has to be made available, but he can't answer any more than he has. And, and quite frankly, I don't, like he said, uh, there's nothing more to add. I, I think you'll see a little or hear a little more from Nate Oates. I suspect there'll be a TV interview with him once the tournament starts where maybe he, he, he tries again to get everything right in one in one paragraph, which he has not done so far. But uh, from Brandon Miller, I don't think you're going to hear any more. Couldn't agree with you more. But I'm just curious. when you, You'll be doing your show today while there'll at least be the second game going on, right? So... You're yeah, actually there. Yeah, yeah. Are you going to do some play-by-play? Days of the year. You're going to do some play-by-play. Uh, play? Network uh, broadcasts uh, the games today. We'll 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 come on and off the network uh, uh, and be on radio and in other digital forms. Tomorrow we're we're on completely. Uh, for this reason, Lee, the uh, the SEC tournament games in the afternoon are on ESPN tomorrow. Gotcha. Do you actually stay and watch all the games? I, I don't think I heard that question, Mark uh, <laughs> or Lee. Uh, there must be some. There must be some static here in uh, in Nashville. I don't know how much of a basketball fan you are. I was curious. Do you? Do you, do you no, uh, uh, Lee, I, 
I grew up a basketball fan, um, and I can go back to, to our beginning uh, 40 years ago with uh, some of the great USA UAB games. Uh, I, I would, uh, I mean, I'd probably like to see the Alabama game tomorrow. And I, let me let me correct myself. I mean, I'll go in early. I'll, I'll go over there before our show and and watch that game. But the, the games last night, come on. Uh, the only fans I saw were Kentucky fans in the arena. <laughs> uh, Paul Fonbaum, our guest here on uh, WNSP. Uh, Paul, I think what he was asking you was about ESPN disease, that comment that Charles Barkley was making about guys just making stuff up for the for the narrative. I think that's what he was asking in terms of Kendrick Perkins in, in first take. Yeah, I must have missed that, yeah. uh, Mark. <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't uh, – ESPN doesn't come into Nashville anymore. <laughs> you know, listen, uh, I've been on that show many, many times, as you well know, and uh, it, it is – it is one of the more difficult shows uh, to do because it, it, is, it is not like, like when you go on SportsCenter and they say, uh, Paul, what is your level of concern tonight for Alabama against Georgia? Yeah. Uh, and you give a 30-second answer. I mean, you're on there and it could go – I did a segment trying to remember when it was. Uh, it may have been right after the Brandon Miller thing three weeks ago. Uh, it went on close to 30 minutes. So you never really, I mean, that's what I like about the show. Yeah. It's uh, normally the segments are about 10 minutes, but they can go 25 too. Yeah. And then Molly just ruins it for everybody when she has to jump in and go to break. Uh, so let me ask you this. So you mentioned, we were talking about Brandon Miller. We started talking about, and I said, I've made this comparison a couple times, although it's kind of apples to oranges. Uh, say what you want. Have your opinion about Brandon Miller outside the the, the basketball courts, but you can't be but uh, but help be impressed by the way that he continues to perform on the court despite all the outside distractions. And I likened it, Paul, to really that Cam Newton year at Auburn, and that's where the apples and oranges come in. Clearly, different issues off the uh, off the playing field, but. Despite all the criticism, despite the negative spotlight that was shown on him constantly, he just went out there and performed. So we started asking fo folks, can you think of anybody that was in similar situations or had that much negative light on him who kind of crumbled under the, the attention away from the competitive field? Yeah, the Cam Newton comparison is very interesting. That story happened uh, in November. Uh, Cam dealt with it for three or four weeks, and it came to a crescendo, really, uh, right before the SEC championship game, as you probably remember. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'd have to, I'd have to dig pretty deep into that. But I'm sure it's probably not hard to find athletes who, where the spotlight is on them, simply uh, couldn't perform. And, and and I will add, though, and I know, I know, Brandon Miller has received a lot of praise, but I, up here you're talking to a lot of basketball people, and they're they are concerned though, uh, and. and me yesterday that they've seen the team be a little tighter and that's pretty evident by, by the by the fact they're getting behind so much but I think this is a good a good test for them this week but the SEC tournament is a little different though because I mean they come in they, you know they don't play till tomorrow um, there's not much pressure on them yeah coaches will say that the simulation is is the same you 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 lose you go home but you still play again uh, the hard part is next week if you lose, because then the season becomes a disaster, even though it's probably the best season Alabama's ever had. Paul Feinbaum, our special guest. Paul, let's switch gears a little bit. Nick Saban's been quoted a lot 
seemingly, and again, I don't understand the, the whole dynamics of podcasts, but it seems like there's been quotes on podcasts. But I think this is the first time we've talked to you since that comment came out about that he wasn't exactly thrilled if he gets stuck with Tennessee, Auburn, and LSU on a 3-6 possibility schedule with the SEC. I'd like to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, and Mark, I know you you will sit lead down after the show and go over podcasting and Wi-Fi and the internet, won't you? I, I will. Uh, probably not Wi-Fi. We, well, I'll try to get into hot spots, but I, I don't know if if we have the mental capacity. <laughs> let me let me hit record. Uh, hit, uh, hit, hit record. Tell me, tell me if I'm wrong before I because uh, I remember I was so proud to do this about 32 uh, years ago. I went to a game in my radio station, Lee and Mark. Had a had a remember you don't remember this Mark but uh, they had a bag phone meaning you had a cell phone and you wore a bag with it because it plugged in. Um, I don't know why I see Lee leaving the studio with his bag phone. Um, today. You'd be, but back to your question, you'd Lee. You'd be shocked, Paul. Uh, but I have a flip phone. You'd he does. be shocked. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I envy you. I, I wish I, I I wish I had kept my flip phone. Uh, that StarTac's the best phone I ever had. By the way, I I think Saban aired it to this degree uh i i know what he was saying but when you're nick saban you can't ever act like you care and and i think what's happened to saban is he's, he's given a couple of interviews this week and he almost comes off human uh that he's upset about something and and i think we all we all jump to conclusions that nick saban he doesn't want to play lsu he's afraid of this he's a, i don't really think he is uh but he does have very strong opinions on, on, on everything, which is what makes him so unique. Uh, he's not like some coaches who say, well, it's above my pay grade. Uh, he gave a good answer. I mean, he gave an honest answer. Why are we playing LSU? Uh, based on the fact that they won the national championship three years ago and, uh, and, they, and they've been one of the most dominant teams. Uh, I think it came off looking like he didn't want to play them. Uh, but but I, I think it was I still give him a lot of uh, kudos for being honest. Who I mean, if you were if you were inside his brain, ideally, other than Vanderbilt, what what would be a reasonable? What do you think would be a reasonable three opponents for for Alabama year in and year out? I mean, what I've heard from Alabama people is this: they, you know, you're playing Auburn, uh, and, and and then you take your pick. It's either Tennessee or LSU, but Tennessee is the oldest rival yeah. on the schedule. I, I think then it would be Mississippi State uh, for no reason other than you get on the highway outside of campus and go right, and in an hour and fifteen minutes yeah. you're there. Yeah, um, I just think I think it's just from a from a geographical standpoint. I mean, most of most of what I've seen looks like makes sense, except you, uh, somebody's going to get a, a weird opponent, and I think that looks like Florida. The fact that they, I, I think I, I read they're playing, they're they're about to play Oklahoma. I'm, I'm here with all these ads, so I, I will say that by the end of uh, my stay here tomorrow, uh, I'll probably have picked up a lot more information. But I do think what's been reported is pretty accurate. How about Auburn with Alabama, Georgia, and then who? I'm trying to remember the third school. Um, I mean, Alabama and Georgia are natural, and I, was it? Uh, I, I really don't remember the third one, uh, but but it, it was a, it was a fairly uh, it was Vanderbilt or Georgia, not not Georgia, but Vanderbilt. I think I think it was Vanderbilt. Uh, Auburn is is another weird one because if you go back and from a historical standpoint, the third school would be Florida. They used to play. 
Georgia, Florida, back to back, and they always and Tennessee was always the first SEC game. So I, I don't know where you go with, with Auburn for that third school. Uh, LSU is another is another great rivalry, but you can't you can't play LSU, Georgia, and Alabama. Paul, uh, I, don't, I know I don't need to tell you this, but enjoy all the basketball. And, uh, you know, if you have any tips for podcasting, send them to Lee. Lee at WNSP.com. That's an email, Lee, by the way. Uh, you can get that on. Hey, Lee, 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 why don't you and I do a podcast together? That would really be fun, wouldn't it? You know, I actually would enjoy that. I really would. It'd be right up there on my bucket list. Ooh, how about okay, that? Well, what, what would we call we'll that, Paul? About, uh, will, will you do that? It'll be a 47-part series, and we'll go over every year of Jim Boeheim's career. <laughs> I, yeah, how about – all right, that I'm not going to get into the, it. That might be some of the best sleep I have all week, Paul. I, I can give you some stories. Oh, you see? Great. Uh, now now you, you see what you left me with, Paul? <laughs> Expect a doozy on AL.com today for that. Thank you, Paul. See you, guys. Thanks so much. All right. That's Paul Feinbaum, ladies and gentlemen. All right, uh, traffic and weather here, probably. I think we went a little long, so we'll probably do that. Uh, coming up at 7.30, Cole LaRue, uh, Mobile native with Kennesaw State. His team is going dancing. And apparently in the app, I'm supposed to ask him about the cafeteria. I don't know why. I feel like that might be a trap question. I don't know. Maybe I'll ask it. Maybe I won't. You never know what's going to happen here on the opening kickoff. Stay with us. Hi, this is Jake Peavy, MLB pitcher and Mobile, Alabama native. You're listening to 105.5. Respectfully, I mean, can't really say more on that. Uh, really. All right, seven. Uh... 24 right now 723 here on a thursday edition um that was uh, brandon miller we've been talking a lot about brandon and you know his appearance in front of the media he could guys he handled as well as uh, i think anybody could and i think you made the point probably best earlier which is you know get him there get it done and then Obviously, he's had a lot of work with some folks to say what he, you know, so he was on point about what he could say and what he couldn't say. He handled it as well as you could at that point. I do want to mention this segment brought to you by Dixie Supply, your metal roofing headquarters in greater Mobile area. Yeah, um, I thought that was a smart ploy. Obviously, you could tell by his words that he's been basically given some advice. They've worked with him. Um, To be honest with you, I mean— he came off better than Nate Oates did a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Well, that, you know, he I kind of joked did. earlier. Like, he did. If there's one guy you want to talk right. about this after what we've so seen. What better way to start out than with the, the heartfelt sympathy, uh, sympathy for the family? Sure. I'll start with that. Uh, and then he said, I, I, I'm not going to take any more questions, although some of the local reporters in Tuscaloosa, what, it, what, what happens out there when you hear the boos and the jeers? Well, we're we're just out there to win, and we we get together, and you know, well, Javon Quinley was also uh, on the podium, and he said, you know, basically we just rally around each other and, and go out there and play. Now, the other thing I want to mention too, Paul brought this up. Yes, it's not surprising to me this late in the season. Think back to just about any team. You've played a number of SEC games. 
there are some darn good coaches in the SEC. They know how to play you. Defenses are really – and even Rick Barnes, he was talking with Paul yesterday. You know, the later you get on in a year, defenses start to prevail. They know how to play you. You know, it was brought up, well, Alabama's had some slow starts. Well, one of the reasons is because, first of all, you know, these teams know what to do and how to play. They're not necessarily going to beat Alabama. But, like I said, the defenses seem to get better as the season wears on. What I think happens, Mark, and I'm and forget what happens in the SEC tournament. Then you go into the NCAA tournament. These teams aren't used to playing you. I've seen this happen so many times where you play a team and in, the, in your own league – and you've probably seen this in high school. They know how to play you. They've been watching. You know, they know how to double team. They know how to keep the ball out of your hands. But then you get into, a, a let's say, a non-league game, and things change a lot because they, they're they not used to playing you. Interesting in, uh, that you make that comment because in football, we always talk about um, defenses have the advantage early in the year because offenses aren't gelling. Or they're not the timing and all that. You know, when we talk about scrimmages in spring and, and fall practice, we always talk about how the defense is ahead of the offense. Well, in that scenario, you're suggesting that it's it's the reverse. It's that de- uh, that offenses in basketball have the advantage because w- uh, as the season progresses, there's more film so you can study what the offensive tendencies are and the defense winds up catching up a little bit. I don't I've never really thought about it that way, but I suppose that... Mark, it's just incredible how much time coaches spend with video. I mean, they do it now on... And again, I go back to my travels. They do it on the bus trips. They do they do it on planes. They do it in the airport. They do it when they get to their room. Um, <laughs> He's talking about video people, just yes. saying. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm not going to name <laughs> names, but I'll never forget. I've, I've told you this story, Mark. And it's they do it funny. here. They do it there. The, uh, you sound like a Dr. Seuss we, book. We, we had a coach one time at South Alabama who invited me to come up to his room to watch hey, da- oh, okay. film, uh, film. Mo- okay. movies. He, he, but the movies he wanted to watch were the kind that you get on TV. They weren't like of the uh, – whereas, let's say the – The kind you have, used to have to pay for. Yeah, I guess back then, yeah, it'd be, it'd be in the 80s. Spectrovision? Whatever, yeah, that's right. Had, he Actually, the coach <laughs> called me up and said, hey, hey, I'm watching a movie. You want to come up and watch a movie with me? I said, nah, I, I declined on that. But most coaches spend the entire time trying to find that. And look, you know this because you do it in high school. That one, I'm sure Philip Murphy does. That one little wrinkle, that one little thing that can work its way to a victory. And, and, and Rick Barnes said as much yesterday with Paul, and I agreed with him. The games are getting closer. They get down more to the wire. They, you know, Alabama had a lot of blowouts early on. I don't know if you're going to see a lot of blowouts in the SEC tournament. And yesterday, yesterday, do you notice that the seeds who won were the, were the lower seeds, the 14 and the 13? But to Paul's point, and I know we got to take a break here, but I did not watch a second of the SEC games yesterday. Now, today... <laughs> I'm all in on Auburn, Arkansas. If you, I think it's going to be a fun game. If you watched a second, you would have been ahead of me. Yeah, I mean, that's that's tough sledding right there. We were watching there's Harry's a reason, Law. There's we were, a reason those tickets were two bucks a piece. We were watching Harry's Law last night, binging. I can't believe you don't want to watch that. Yeah. Well, it's not that I don't. I just... Busy. One of your favorites. What's... uh? Okay, so Colaroo. Kennesaw State and uh, former McGill Tulin uh, star set to join us next right here on the sports station. Jim Nagy at 8 o'clock, Robbie Baker at 8.30. Stay with us. The opening kickoff.
Sounder, be the first one to call Nick at 694-1055, and you will be the latest to qualify for the WNSP March Madness Matchup Challenge set for Wednesday at Moe's downtown. You get qualified, you show up at Moe's, we give you a team. That team wins the bracket, you win a smart TV from Bailey's TV and Mattress, and two one-hour Wave Runner rides from Gulf Coast Water Rentals, the owner only Wave Runner runner ride rentals try saying that real fast three times in mobile uh speaking of uh one shining moment what do you think you oh think, i you think, think our next guest might be I, uh, I think they've had their shining moment uh at least uh to this point yeah four years ago there's a school up in the atlanta area it's a beautiful campus uh, I've, I've been up there kennesaw state and they they had a coach come amir abdul rahim was the coach they had one win that first year 26 wins this year. It's one of the great stories in college basketball that very few people know about. But if you tune in on Selection Sunday, you may get a different idea. But 26 wins. They win the conference tournament, and they're going to the NCAA tournament for the very first time as a Division One team. Okay? Cole LaRue is on that team. He's from McGill Tool. And, Cole, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing well. How y'all doing? We're doing great. And by the way, thank you, Mark, for setting this up. Your one interview a week. I really yeah, yeah, appreciate yeah. Well, that. you know, I I wanted to go big. You, <laughs> you go did. big or go home. Big. So I, I went I went Larue. Well, well he, but that's only because oh, yeah. that's only because Nate wasn't available. Oh wow! <laughs> Roll blow to start the show. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, you did go big, cause, Cole. It's you're listed at six nine. I am 6'9". Okay. Yes, sir. Uh, what's the week been like since you won the tournament uh, and as you get ready for Selection Sunday? But what's it been? Has has campus life changed much? You know what's crazy is that it's actually spring break. Oh, <laughs> no. So there's, there's nobody here. Oh, no. But it's, it's been really surreal just seeing everything on social media and stuff and getting shout-outs on, like, ESPN. It's really been crazy. So when – all right, I'm what will be. Well, I will be anyway. Well, I love that Selection Sunday show and writing down who plays who. So, are they going to have like uh, is ESPN or any of those cameras coming in there when you know when they announce and you guys jump all over the place? Is that going to happen? I have there? no idea. I know we're having a watch party that like fans and uh, students can come to in the convocation center, but I have no idea if any cameras will be there. So, tell me about your coach. I've been reading about him, uh, Amir uh, Rahim. Yes, oh man, that's one heck of a guy. You know, he just he cares more about the players than he does about any type of success. I think that's why we're so good is that he really builds relationships with everybody. Like, that's what he takes his pride in is building relationships with his guys and being close to them, being connected. And I, I think that's contributed to a lot of our success. Yeah, he took over a program. Well. To put it mildly, was and that's before you got there, was one of the worst in college basketball. He had been on some high-powered staffs before. So how did he turn this around in four years? You know, I think I really think it's recruiting. It's getting the right guys together and keeping those guys together. Because, I mean, we've all played with each other for, what, three years now. I mean, our chemistry is just through the roof. There's not many people who are older or experienced than us. So 
Cole LaRue is our guest here on WNSP, the Mobile Native. Follow him on Twitter at TheColeLaRue4. So tell us about the evolution of your game. Obviously, we saw uh, uh, you play in high school here at McGill Tulin. How different is your game now than it was three, four, five years ago? You know, I don't think it's changed all that much, really. Uh, I think the speed of it has picked up, but I really don't see my game has changed much. You st- you still stroking the three pointer a lot is what you're telling me. You know all all the time, <laughs> all the time. Okay, to that Cole, I I looked at your stat sheet. You actually shoot three pointers almost as well. You're actually close to doing better than you do from the foul line. Uh, let's not talk about that one. Next All right, we will. Mark, don't ask a question like that yeah, again. Yeah, that's, that's my bad. That's my bad. Uh, no, I mean, it's okay. So it's all good. While, while we're on the topic of, of questions that you don't want to be asked, I asked Nate. We had Nate on during the baseball season last year. So I got to ask you, is are, are you a better baseball player than Nate is a basketball player? I think 100%. Now, he's not going to say the same thing. No, he's not. He's not. Yeah, but I mean, I think I could throw it better than him if I got like a couple months to train for it. I think I could do a little bit better than he could. That's just me. Yeah, uh, I, I I like the confidence for sure. Uh, you gotta have it. Yeah, you gotta have it. So, which of your uh, eighteen hundred McGill Tulin coaches that sit on the bench for every game, which one did you like least? Oh man. <laughs> Did I like the least? Were you on the bench? Oh, work? you're really trying no. to get me in some trouble today. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just gonna say Coach Murphy because he knows it's not true. Okay, that's, that's gonna be my final answer. That's a that's a good way of looking at it. I don't think this could happen, but yeah, I I know it can't happen, but it'd be hypothetical if you guys were matched up against Auburn. That would be sick. Yeah, that would be insane. But I, I don't think it could happen, though. I don't think they'd be ranked high enough. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. Uh, do you have a, a, a let's say, a, a place? Would you like to go to Birmingham, or is there any other place you'd like to be sent to? Do you have a favorite? It'd be cool to go to Birmingham just because we'd have a lot of fans there. But selfishly, I kind of want to go to somewhere like Denver or Sacramento. See, I don't blame you. You get a nice trip out of this, maybe a nice <laughs> hotel. Although yeah, when I went, to yeah, s- you know, see what happens. Yeah, never mind that, you know, mom or brother may want to come hang out with you. Let's just go as far I, I away know, from them I as know. possible. That's why I said selfishly because yeah. I know they would love Birmingham. They'd love it. Hey, it was a right. really cool moment, by the way, when you guys won and and won the conference championship. What what was that? What was that like, man? Everybody's on the court. The the fans are going nuts. I mean, have you experienced anything like that in your basketball career? I really haven't. That was the first time and I mean the past maybe four home games, we've kind of sold out, sold out the combo. And it's, it's really been surreal because my first year it was COVID. So there was like maybe five people in the stands. And now to see it all the way full yeah. is just crazy. You, you had more support in those CYO games than you had during COVID, huh? <laughs> no question. <laughs> no question about it. Hey, uh, Cole, uh, since Mark brought up about your brother being the catcher for Auburn, now, you, Kennesaw and Auburn don't play each other this year in baseball, at least during the regular season, but you did play last year. Who were you rooting for? Mm-hmm. Who would you root for? I got to say my Owls. Had to, had to pick the Owls over wow. the Tigers. All right. So, yeah, I had to. So, uh, we, you know, you, do you have it on campus, Serena, or are you off campus? Uh, the Convocation Center is right on campus, right in the middle. 
That is a huge campus. At least when I I saw the at least the the, the, the property, it just seems like it's uh, is everything in walking distance. Yeah, so literally everything's maybe under a ten minute walk. Everything you need, classes, the commons, which is our cafeteria and the gym, all under ten minutes. Uh, Cole LaRue, our guest here for another minute or two on WNSP. All right, I was specifically asked by an anonymous uh, listener in our app to ask you about the cafeteria. Oh, boy. Yeah, go ahead. That's my place. (laughs) I love that place. It's unbelievable. All All you can eat. It's great food. It's phenomenal. All right, what's the go-to meal at the cafeteria? I mean, how much time you got? For you, man? You just... Yeah. Uh, so go-to is probably, I don't know. In the summer, it's going to be a steak with sweet potatoes, green beans, a salad. Wow. And then for the next round, we'll probably <laughs> go with the burger and maybe a smoothie. But I don't know. It just depends on how I feel that day. All right, and then looking back at your McGill career uh, as a senior, was there a particular freshman you like to pick on more than any other? <laughs> you know, I tried not to pick on anybody. I tried to treat everybody pretty nicely. But I, yeah, I don't know. All I think right. maybe Alex. Yeah. <laughs> Alex on there. It paid off. It all worked out in the end for both of you, as it turns out. <laughs> We're talking yeah. with Kennesaw State, so Cole LaRue, they're going to the NCAA tournament. Any, uh, you want to take a guess on where you'll be seated? Uh, I mean, I've seen everything. I've seen 13, 14, 15. I don't really, it doesn't really matter to us because I think we're good enough to go and get any type of game. So, I don't know. We'll see. What What has the coach done this week as far as preparation? Anything different than he does during the regular season? Or what, what has this been a week that is so unusual up there? You know, it's we haven't really done anything different. We're just kind of focusing on ourselves, building our same habits that's brought us here. So just really kind of recovering, keeping our minds sharp, and, you know, getting after it. I don't know if this is going to happen, but Jerry Palm, who we just had on about an hour ago, he has you right now playing Baylor in Columbus. That'd be cool. I wouldn't mind that one bit. Yeah, I'm kind of, before we let you go, Cole, I'm kind of cheering for maybe a, a matchup with Arkansas. What do you think? Hey, you and Dunn? I, mean, I I love to see Barry in the March Madness. That'd be surreal. Yeah. Well, we'll see if we can make that happen. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, Cole, we got to run, man. Congratulations on all the success, man, to you and to the team. It, it was great having you on. Uh, appreciate you being a good sport about it, and we wish you the best of luck. We'll be cheering you on, bud. Thanks for having me. Y'all have a good day. Yep, that's Cole LaRue, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Mobile native for Kennesaw. They're going dancing. Uh, and, of course, uh, we had his brother on over there uh, in the spring, the the catcher for the Auburn baseball team. Uh, we appreciate his time. Good stuff. Uh, we got a, we got a uh, qualifier for the March Madness there, uh, I'm assuming. Nicholas? Yeah, Roland is our next qualifier. Roland in his 5.0. I like it. All right, congratulations, Roland. That's a, that's a, that's a reference set. It's too old for you to get and not old enough for Lee to get. So, uh, congratulations. You're qualified for the WNSP March Madness matchup challenge at Moe's on Wednesday downtown. All right. We come back. Uh, we're going to do something else. We're going to do another giveaway, a little Chick fil A for you guys. So, uh, ro- wrapping up, almost said rolling up, hour number two when we come back. Jim Nagy and Robbie Baker out at Phoenix. 
uh, set for hour number three. So uh, continue with your comments in the app at WNSP.com. It's the opening kickoff. Hi, this is Dan Jennings with the Washington Nationals, and you're listening to WNSP Sports Radio 105.5. Chick-fil-A I could eat there seven times a day Where the people laugh and children play Oh, I'm in love with Chick-fil-A 747, here we go. Another chance for you to win a little something from the sports station WNSP. Oh, here's 747. I'm ready to take a flight. Okay. Like that? Chick-fil-A? Right. Well, All when right. it gets to... F-18, I'll let you know so you Thank can take you. another one faster. All right. Uh, Jim Beheim out at Syracuse. <laughs> he had been <laughs> the winningest active coach. So with Jim out of the mix now, name the winningest active coach in college basketball. Yeah, And this is FBS, of course. Uh, check in with Nick on this. I'll tell you who number two is. is Cliff Ellis. Cliff's now number two on the list, but who is the winningest active coach now that Jim Beheim is no longer the coach at Syracuse? By the way, uh, you know, we talk about Jim Beheim, 47 years. Bachelor service, they've been in business well over 50 years. They got them beat. They're up around 54 years now, and they pretty well check all the boxes. You know, if, you, if you're looking... Obviously, the heating and air conditioning, I mean, that's first and foremost. They got a, a $79 per system tune-up special. That, that We talk about that all the time. But they also offer energy savings maintenance agreements for heating and air conditioning and generators. They offer whole house generators. They have a full complement of air purification products. They offer plumbing services for the home as well. They're a Daikin Comfort Pro offering the Daikin line of air conditioning equipment with the most state-of-the-art technology available in the industry. Rick True is the guy that makes it all go there at Bachelor Service, a good friend of ours. You can reach him or anybody there at 476-4321. And if you uh, go searching, it's bachelorservice.com. And Mark, next Monday, every year for the last, I guess, four or five years after Selection Sunday, we've gone out to Bachelor Service to do a, a one-hour our own selection show. Uh, we're going to be there Monday at Bachelor Service. I will be there with Joe Godfrey, and I'm counting on Ron Arrow, if he's uh, available, to join us, too, from uh, noon to 1. And we'll be talking uh, basketball. Rick sits in with us. He's a huge basketball fan, and I, I'm assuming he's pretty excited if Ole Miss can get Chris Beard to come in as their head coach. we got a winner over there, uh, Nicholas. Yes, Jim is our winner. Jim, you got it right. Bob Huggins now coaching West Virginia. He is right now the winningest active coach out there, but it was nice to see Cliff Ellis is right behind him at number two. Did you guys uh, see this story uh, for all you gamblers out there? WWE yeah. is in talks with state gambling regulators in Colorado and Michigan to legalize betting on high-profile matches. You can bet on scripted sports. <laughs> How crazy is that? Haven't we been doing that already? With Oh, right, with the NFL? Yeah. Yeah. That's nuts. I'm, and I'm betting, uh, I'm throwing $20 on The Rock coming out at the Royal Rumble. 
Yeah. How, now, just being for real, though, how does that work? I would assume it works like anything else, but... But doesn't someone know what the outcome oh, is? Yeah, that's why it's so just out of the realm of normalcy to even wrap your head around this actually happening. So how do you make odds on it, though? <clears throat> Based on the, the money coming in. I mean, how do you set the odds initially? That yeah. I don't know. But, I mean, you would tinker with it the way you would any other event. But like, clearly you're opening yourself up to some serious shady business going on there, right? Right. Unless maybe the WWE is like, you know what? We really need to get this gambling thing going. We're going to unscript yeah. the wrestling matches <laughs> and just let him go in there and, and wrestle. Yeah. Let him freestyle. Yeah. Guy trying to get up on the on the top rope and the other dude not letting him up there, pulling him down. I don't know. I just feel like, why? What stops a wrestler from being like, telling his friend, "Hey yo, throw five thousand dollars on me to to right. go out by submission." Right. Yeah. No. And exactly. Then just lay in there. But don't they? Haven't they been gambling anyway? I mean, up till this point, I would assume they do. Illegally? Yeah. Uh, anything's possible. Yeah, everything's possible in gambling. I mean, that's what drives sports. Can you? But you can't. You can't gamble at a reputable site on. You can't get odds or action on any WWE now. I mean, well, no, I'm, when yeah, I say no. gambling, I mean you could be sitting with a friend of yours. Hey, I'll take this guy. Right, yeah, but I mean, yeah. you ain't throwing <laughs> ten grand on on a on a match, and Ooh, you know, don't right. be so sure. And the Rock walks by and be like, third round. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> I mean that's that's what we're talking about. I mean we're talking about how do you regulate and something like, like that? Look, I haven't watched a wrestling match in forever, but I do remember the last time I actually watched wrestling live on TV. The celebrity guest was the Muppets, <laughs> and the Muppets were like talking to the wrestlers and like getting into fights. So I just don't understand well how you're putting gambling uh but i mean you can like so the academy awards are coming up you can gamble on right you can so i mean yeah the winners are already you know there are winners that are already been not named but yeah but that's like i guess what do you mean no you don't know who the winners are until they come out and announce them but you can gamble and Right, Take but my point is somebody at some accounting firm that did. They oh, that know Waterhouse. The, they know they the, keep it super uh, locked down. I know, but well, I'm sure the yeah, WWE is, will too. Well, There's definitely like at least. Hopefully, they'll get it right this year. Five to ten people that know the, who the winners are before anyone else in the world. By the and way, what stops that guy? Yeah, Jimmy Kimmel is the host, and it was when he did it the last time that they had the mistake, where they had the wrong, <laughs> they announced the wrong winner. Yeah. By the way, hot take, not the first person to mention it. Best movie of the year? Maverick. I haven't seen all Have the Have you put ones. your buddy down on that one to win? <clears throat> no. No. But it's a sure thing. Uh, Look, if he I can give... It only says deal in absolutes there, Nick. There's my... It's the, listen. I'm not it's saying the, that it shouldn't dies. be, Mark, but I... It's the best movie There's a couple of ever. movies out there that seem to be ringing in all these awards with the SAG Awards and some of the others. So, I mean, I think from a popularity standpoint... Is it, it even is. nominated? I don't even... I, is it yeah, nominated it for is. Best yeah. Picture? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it's going to win. They used so to, is Avatar 2. <laughs> is they, it really? They yeah. used to be only five. Now they got like eight or nine. It's our big rivalry. 
I'm thinking understand I, that. I, I'm going to need a final tally so I can, if neither wins, I can at least say, ha, we're better well, than Well, little... actually, since I saw that movie, I hope it does win because it's the only one of the— you saw uh, Avatar or Maverick? Maverick. It's the only movie I've seen that's among the nominees. So. Yeah, what I don't do I know? know? I don't even know who's the nominated. other ones. I don't even. I mean, I've seen the titles and everything, but they don't. I don't have any interest in them. I, I watched the uh, the Banshees of Inisherin, <laughs> which is supposed to be the best movie yeah. of the year. Who's in that? Colin Farrell. Okay. Oh, oh, I know which one yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, that was a weird movie. What, what about the one that's? And I always forget what Everywhere, Everywhere oh, Us that, or something. Now that was my favorite movie of the year. Um. It was just awesome, crazy, funny, but I feel like it was like too awesome and fun that it won't win an Oscar. I feel like Maverick and Avatar in that category too. You know they like to get those real like uh, serious artsy type movies. Yeah, right. That's why I hope Maverick does win. They go back to an entertaining movie instead of these real and uh, I mean, indie I saw, types. <clears throat> I think the only other one I saw was Elvis on that list. That movie sucked. Yeah, I didn't think. I mean. I didn't hate it, but I didn't think it was good. Does anyone who just does an impression but of he's like a for, singer or famous artist, they just get nominated? But no he is what? up for the uh, top actor. All right, well, my money's on Maverick. Is, is Cruz, I don't, is, he's not up for top actor, though, is he? No. But the, the guy who did There's Elvis. There's not a whole lot of depth to that Maverick character, I guess. Yeah, but he never. <laughs> Talk to me, Goose. Still. Was there, a lot later, of depth Talk to, to me, Goose. was there a lot of depth to the guy who played Elvis? Uh, no, not no, really. No, but he was performing. He so. just was talking like this the whole movie. Hey, you could get nominated next year, right? It's not difficult, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> or I don't know. Do you actually do you watch that? The Oscars? Yeah. Uh, from time to time. Okay. If if I have a rooting interest, but I'm like you. So many of these movies go the artsy fartsy route. Right. That there's just not a whole lot of mainstream appeal now. I think it's um, fascinating. I want to see what happens with the monologue and how many Will Smith jokes are going to be. And oh, yeah. What's the over-under on that betting line? Five Will Smith jokes, maybe? Four and a half? You got to go with the half. half. I think you got to go half. Let me see if I can pull up some Academy Award profits. I go back again. I, I really enjoyed it when Johnny Carson used to host it. <laughs> that was really good. I, Kimmel's all right. I don't have a problem with him. Billy Crystal was very Billy good. Crystal Billy Crystal was Billy Crystal was very good. Kimmel actually said, I, I saw a story the other day. He said he's been in touch. He he's been getting some advice from Billy Crystal. Although Kimmel's done it before. And like I said, he was on he hosted it when they had that huge mistake, when they had the wrong they, they gave it to the wrong movie or whatever it was. No, they gave it to the right movie. No, no. But, La La but, Land was way better no, than Moonlight. No, but go back. They actually made a mistake, okay? Yeah, we yeah we got you. They 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 announced the wrong winner. They announced the wrong and, winner, and, and so and Nick is just being inflammatory. Yes, La La Land to, was a better movie just than Moonlight. Trying to project his own little guarantee. Yeah, La I mean, La Land's in my top five movies all time. And who cares? Right before, <laughs> after Matt Ryan. Huh? I, I was just going. Oh, I thought you said, was that saving Matt Ryan? Was Sa that the saving, Matt, saving Ryan. Matt Ryan? Saving Matt Ryan. Yeah. Starring Matt Ryan. Yeah. Directed and produced by, by Nick Ryan. Wiggins. Yes. Dan I like Quinn, it. Probably. And if you and if you sing a little tune in there, you might get nominated. Hey, you know, if if you're so close to him, can you get him on one of your podcasts? Well, I do a basketball podcast. But you can help on the football. Maybe. He, he's got a bad taste in his mouth of WNSP based on all the hate everyone else gives him other than me. 
other than you. Actually, I happen to like Matt Ryan. All right. Uh, Jim Nagy up next. Uh, we're going to go out to Robbie Baker uh, in Phoenix, formerly of uh, Mobile Media. So instead of covering Durant, what did you do? Follow him to the hospital or something? The slip and fall. The man. slip and fall. The slippery slope. Yep. Hour number three is next. Stay with us right here on the Sports Station WNSP. the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com the latest sports news traffic weather and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian the opening kickoff kickoff here are Mark and Lee Welcome into hour number three on this Thursday. Thanks for hanging with us. The opening kickoff continues from the studios of WNSP. All right, I had a couple of local notes. Uh, Josh Flowers, the uh, Baker quarterback, verbally committed Mississippi State. Trey Williams, uh, formerly at St. Paul's, uh, apparently, reportedly, is going to be hired at South Alabama. Special teams coordinator because that coach, Coach Lett, is leaving to go take a North Carolina job. At the SEC tournament yesterday, LSU and Georgia picked up wins. Coaching news, Jim Beheim out at Syracuse. Chris Beard, a candidate for Ole Miss. And Mark Adams has resigned at Texas Tech after he was suspended. And uh, police have, uh, are not going to file any criminal charges against Jay Morant. All right, let's talk some football now with our good friend uh, Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl. Jim, welcome uh, to the show and welcome back from Indianapolis. Good morning. How are you today? Um, great. Good morning, guys. Uh, first things first, uh, some of the senior bowlers who you felt did quite well up there at the Combine. You know, there was a bunch, Lee. Um, I'd probably start with uh, Northwestern defensive defensive tackle at a time away uh, at a bar. I always, I always get stuck on the name, uh, but it was truly one of the most impressive things I've seen at the combine in, in 25 years. I think this year was my 25th combine at 282 pounds. He ran four, four, nine in the 40 yard dash, which is, um, you know, just to put that in, in perspective, if you're a, a Tide fan, the, the Alabama safeties, um, Jordan Battle ran 4.56, and DeMarco Hellams ran 4.57. <laughs> and and, uh, and uh, we called him Tommy during Senior Bowl week. Tommy ran 4.49 at 282. That was probably that was probably the best one. But there was a bunch of a bunch of guys tested really well, ran fast, jumped high, all that stuff. Um, but at a time, was performance was was probably the best one. So this is your twenty fifth, man. Do they give you like a commemorative watch or something? Did you get a little something? <laughs> no, it, it, it's probably something more dubious. You know, I don't I don't know if going to twenty five combines is a good thing or not. But uh, it was a productive trip. It really was. It was nice. It was nice being in an event where your phone wasn't blowing up every two minutes, and I could actually just. Uh, you know, enjoy some conversations with some people and get caught up, had a lot of good meetings. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, 25 years, long time. Jim, from your perspective, and this is just you covering it, and, of course, I guess more based on when you were with the uh, NFL teams that you represented, were the interviews more important or was it the stopwatch and the other things that were going on, you know, on the field that were more important? 
On the most important parts, the medical. Um, that's why the combine was formed in the first place to bring all the players to one place and have the 32 team doctors, uh, you know, check them out. So that 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 was always the most important part. Uh, I always felt like Senior Bowl interviews were better than the, the combine interviews. Of course, not everyone's here in Mobile that. They go to the combine because there's 350 players at the combine. But, uh, you know, I, I always felt like Mobile was a little more relaxed atmosphere. You, you kind of got to know the, 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 the kid better. Um, by the time they got to the combine, they were they were a lot of more coached up by the agents by the time you got to Indy. But, uh, but no, I mean, it all it's all a, a big puzzle piece. All, all of it's important. The, the testing stuff is important. Um, but no, I was, you know, I, I, I probably got the, for me personally, I probably got the most out of the testing because it just it helped you, helped confirm or, or uh, you know, raise some doubts what you saw on tape. I mean, really, all the all that testing stuff does for the scouts is make them go back to the tape and see if really check their eyes if if what they thought they saw in the fall was actually what they saw or or they needed to go back and maybe revisit some players. Yeah, it's it's interesting because we talk we seem to talk about this with you every year about the the medical. And it's amazing what made-for-TV events will do to change a narrative, right? Because everybody talks about the numbers and the analytics and, and, and the interviews. But that's, like, like you talked about, I mean, that's, that's nothing compared to what you get at the Senior Bowl, right? So the, the idea that your everyday guy out there thinks the, the main purpose of the, the combine is to see what a guy's 40 speed is, is I don't know how we change. I, I, we can't put the the genie back in the bottle. Like you can't fix that narrative, but it's been like that for years. Yeah, it it has, and you know the medical part is so important because I mean, you know, you, you can't you, you got to know what the guy's medical background is. You have to know his likely his likelihood of being able to play a a contract or two in the NFL. The durability piece is, is absolutely huge. I mean, there was there was one year I was in Seattle. We drafted a player that didn't go to the combine, so we didn't have a full medical workup on him. And uh, we drafted him in the sixth round. He was an offensive lineman out of Marshall. Uh, this was probably about seven or eight years ago. And we brought him up for his, his uh, you know, the post-draft for rookie minicamp. And he failed his physical. He had a heart condition. He could never play football again. So, um uh, <laughs> I would say that's that's the mo- that's why it's the most important part, and, and the other stuff. You're right; it's made for TV. Um, I'm actually surprised how well the, the ratings get, um, and how many people love watching those 40 yard dashes and things. But uh, but yeah, that's uh, for the for the NFL. I think if you asked anyone in the league, they would they would say the medical part's the most important. I know the media is looking for things to write about and everything. And last year it was Kenny Pickett's hand size. This year, Bryce Young, uh, what measuring just under five eleven? Does this? Do you feel this comes back to to hurt him in the draft at all? Um, you know, Lee, they're, they're, you, you, all these players are going to get picked apart, especially the quarterbacks, and and that's really the only thing you can point to with Bryce. I mean, there's not there's no real holes in his game. Um, you know, from a from a quarterback skill set perspective, or you know, he's highly instinctive. He's he's a winner. I mean, there's just he's He's very bright, um, so you you have to point to the size. I mean, some of the other guys. I mean, you can point right to the tape and and how they play the position um, to pick them apart. So in the end, I don't I don't think it's going to hurt Bryce. I mean, um, there's no getting around. It's going to be a little bit of the roll of the dice because you know when you're dealing with a guy that size, you just worry about you know his his ability to hold up over a 17 game schedule um, and stay on the field, but. But I think what he's put on tape and who he is as a person, some somebody's going to take him early. I I would be shocked if he gets out of the first couple picks. 
Well, here's another thing, too, and I want to get your take on this. I don't want to come across as being negative on Anthony Richardson, but, you know, there was so much hype on him up there and what he did and, wow, 244 pounds and running like that. But then you go back on his college career, what he only had, 13 starts, had it up and down. I mean, some games good, some not. And and people are spec. Uh, the, the talking heads are speculating this guy is going to go high. He's right up there with Bryce Young, going to go in the top 15. But I want to ask you from a scouting perspective, is he worth it? Well, I think Anthony Richardson doing what he did at Indy was the most predictable thing going into that combine. He's uh, It doesn't take an expert scout to, to watch Anthony Richardson throw the football and, and, and get enamored with it. Uh, he was at the Manning camp over the summer. I probably told you guys, you probably go back to some of your old shows, and he was he was hands down. Uh, with Will Levis, the Kentucky quarterback, those guys were, were hands down the two most physically talented guys. Um, and just in terms of physical tools, he – he launched a 70-yard throw um, at the Manning camp without really putting a lot of effort into it. So, um, And then I was there in the spring talking to the team at Florida, and I stuck around for a couple of days and watched practice um, and, and spent a lot of time with the staff those those couple of days. And they told me there was a run his sophomore year, um, a long touch, an 80-yard touchdown run. I forget who it was against. And he hit 23 miles per hour on the GPS, which is which is flying. So you knew he was going to run fast. So um, he's got all the physical tools. There's no doubt. Um, I mean, it's it's pretty unique what he's got. Um, but like you said, Lee, he's played 13 games, and, and a lot of the games aren't very good. Um, I think a GM I spoke to this fall said it best. He's like, you can make a great highlight tape of Anthony Richardson. You can make a great low light tape too. I mean, there's some. There's some there's some wild plays on tape and there's some bad stuff. So um, that's what teams are trying to reconcile. I, I certainly don't think you want to play him right away. Um, you know, Seattle would make sense because they could shelve him for a couple of years behind Geno Smith. I mean, but if you're a team thinking you're going to throw Anthony Richardson on the field next year, I don't think that's the right move because right now we're in kind of a sink or swim league at the quarterback position. There's not a lot of development that goes on. Um, you're seeing it with Zach Wilson right now. The guy just finished up his second year in the league. He's the number two pick in the draft. And now he's at a crossroads, and the, the Jets the Jets are flying across the country to meet with Aaron Rodgers and make him their quarterback. So um, I just I hope Anthony ends up for his sake. He ends up in a place where he doesn't have to play and he can sit and learn behind somebody. Jim, I I certainly agree with you on that, I, and I'm glad you brought that out. I was actually reading a follow up story about Anthony Richardson where somebody was basically got into it about everything he did up there and the fact that his Basically, his career was up and down at Florida, and then they, and then the, the narrative was, well, maybe it's the coaching. They're blaming the coaching on him. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not close to it like you are, and I don't see him as much as you do. But I, I found that fascinating. That hey, well, he's a talent, and it wasn't getting done on the field, so it must be the coaching. Yeah, I, I would take issue with that. Billy Napier is a pretty dang good coach. I mean, ask anyone that. <clears throat> Ask anyone that played against him in the Sun Belt, you know, when he was the head coach at Louisiana. Now he he took over a, a really tough situation in Gainesville. Um, that was that was not <laughs> they did they, uh, Dan Mullen's crew did not leave that in very good shape in Gainesville. So um, you know, I think Billy's going to get that thing right. Now, I, I would definitely not. I would definitely not blame the coaching on on some of the what Anthony Richardson looked like on the tape. Hey, uh, just from a history standpoint, you said 25 years or close to it covering the combine. Name the athlete that just blew your socks off in all those years. The, the, the one like, wow, you know, more so than any other. Can you think back to that? Uh, 
there is a bunch. You know, Jordan Davis last year, the big defensive tackle from uh, from Georgia, running four seven eight or whatever. Um, one of the guys we drafted when I was in Kansas City, Dontari Poe, um, was ridiculous. He was at three hundred and forty four pounds. He ran four like eight two. He vertical jumped for like thirty five inches. He put forty four up on the bench. Um, it was a weird year, so we drafted a safety from Ole Miss that year, Kendrick Lewis, who ran four seven six at the combine, ended up starting for us for five years. He was just a really highly instinctive player. And then we drafted Dontari in the first. And Dontari was like I think Kendrick was K Lewis two hundred and five pounds, two hundred pounds, and Dontari was three forty, so you know, basically a hundred and forty pounds difference and and Dontari only ran a few a few hundredths slower than, than Kendrick, so um, that one sticks out. That was a that was a pretty ridiculous performance. Jim, I got all sorts of ideas. I know you and I talked about the idea of uh, you guys at the Senior Bowl putting together kind of a skills challenge. But hear me out. At the combine, what if we have these guys run forties against one another? How much fun would that be? That would be we, that's been talked about a lot, Mark. Um, you know, the the interesting thing with, with the Combine 40 stuff, I go back and compare it to the Zebra technology uh, tracking data that we get here from the Senior Bowl. Um, yeah. and it's, you know, some sometimes it's consistent. The guys that, you know, play fast on the field here go up to Indian run fast. But there was a number of guys that um, ran, you know, like played the game fast in their pads here in Mobile, and then they went to Indian and didn't run great. So, um but no, I think you, when you add the competitive element, I think you'd see some guys. I think some guys would run faster. I just think I think that would be kind of cool. But how do you pair those guys up, right? I mean, I don't know. It could be fun. We I've thought about doing a, a Senior Bowl's fastest man competition. Yes. Um, down here after you know after the week is over, keeping those guys over for a couple of days, take the take the guys that did that did the fastest on the zebra uh, technology stuff and keep them around and, and actually just have them race. I think it'd be fun. All right, well, let's 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 make that happen next year cuz you don't have enough on your plate. Let, let's throw something else up there for you, Jim. Yeah, you can uh, Mark, you can work on the title sponsor for us. Shervanian's <laughs> just got it piled up under the mattress, man. Just 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 come hit him up. Lee Shervanian, senior bowl's fastest man. I yeah. like it. Be like Lee, run fast. I'll uh, I'll video it on my flip phone. Yeah, there you go. Like live coverage from Germanian. Hey, uh, Jim, thank you so much for jumping aboard with us, man. I uh, hope you guys and the family are doing well. We'll talk again soon. Okay, thanks, guys. Have a great week. Yep, that's the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl. I wonder why my mattress is so bulky these days. I didn't know I had it piled up so much. Yeah. Damn. Well, you don't. You know. You don't invest. You probably got a you probably got a lump sum in the in the savings account. I ain't I ain't hating. I wish I was I was like you. You probably got a whole bunch of it. What do you got? About 170 in the savings account right now. Dollars. 170k. <laughs> 107 dollars in the savings. About 170 thousand probably. Well, you know what? Here's where the problem is. Okay. I have no idea because my wife handles all of our and it's all in these accounts that I have no passwords to. Uh-huh. And I don't see the bank statements and of course my check goes directly into that. So I told you she handles all the finances. Yeah, she sent me an envelope the other day. So I'll have to go check that out. It's probably yeah. my babysitting fees. There you go. All right, uh traffic and weather next. Uh stay with us. The opening kickoff continues. The ball is t- and there you are.
for your life You're a shooting star in all the years No one knows just how hard you worked But now it shows in one shining moment It always tugs at the heartstrings. I don't know why. That one always gets me. Yeah, I know. You're very emotional. emotional. Do you want to hear a Beheim story? Uh, no, yes. If you don't, I won't. Yes. He got me into trouble one time. Oh, I definitely want to hear this. Okay. So uh, I was. By doing the way, call in now for the WNSP March Madness matchup challenge. Uh, get Nick on the phone. Be the first to qualify. Jim Beheim is out at the coach. Forty-seven years, six decades with the same program. Incredible player. He's actually a walk-on. Good player too. Uh, and during their some really good years, then he became an assistant, and then he became the head coach. But while I was up there I, I got to know him and then i got to know him further when i was doing rutgers basketball game so we went up to play syracuse one year and during that time mark there was a lot of talk about this new conference that was starting up and syracuse name was mentioned rutgers was going to be in it so when i got up to campus with the uh, rutgers team so i went in to see jim and the first question he says hey lee What's, uh, what are they saying back in New Brunswick about this conference? Because Jim, I didn't know it at the time, did not want to join. Okay. Right? So I said, well, there's a few people that aren't too excited about this, Jim. I'll be frank about it. I don't, I don't think anybody's really, you know, gung-ho on it. I just figured that's it, right? I'm naive. I leave. <laughs> so what went on behind the scenes was that Jim went to his AD and told him that the people in New Jersey – didn't want to join this conference. I forgot the name of it too. I could have been, it was a forerunner to the big East, but it wasn't that. So the AD goes to our athletic director, Fred Gruninger and says, Hey, I'm hearing stuff. Uh, your play-by-play announcer said that the people down there aren't happy. So Gruninger before the game gets, uh, I don't know if he came to me or somebody said, I want to see you after the game. Like, uh oh. So I broadcast the game. After the game, where coaches and I and a few others are sitting at a table having a cool one. Oh, you got a caller? Uh, we have a special guest actually right now. Oh, I am so sorry. I forgot I, when you said shining moment, I forgot Roy Hudson's on. Yeah. Roy, I am. I apologize. Good morning. How are you today? I'm do, doing well. I think, you know. Bayheim, what'd you say, six decades? That sort of ties into your, you know, WNSP, six decades. It's just, I'm just, I'm enjoying it. He's two years older than me, but I hope, (laughs) yeah, he is. So how are you doing these days? Doing great, doing great. Uh, Enjoying this uh, beautiful weather we have outside. Hopefully it's taking all the pollen off the trees, but uh, woke up sunny and now it's raining. Hopefully by the uh, midday it'll be gone and and it'll be a beautiful day here in Mobile. But isn't every day a good day to go to Community Bank? It's always a wonderful day. It's always bright and sunshiny when you walk through the doors with our, with our staff. We're so eager to help and uh, just really pleased with how we approach and do things. The uh, interest rates, how are we doing there? Oh, great. You know, there's some more talk that they're going to go up again. And uh, it's just been great for Savers. And, you know, this time of year, Lee, uh, I hate to say it, bring it up, but it's tax time, and a lot of people take advantage of IRAs to try to limit that tax liability. And we have a special out there up to 5% on new contributions. So I invite all your listeners that are looking for an IRA to come in and talk with one of our uh, friendly bankers. 
Well, they don't get much friendlier than you. I'll say that, Roy. Uh, great yeah, disposition. We, we try hard. You really do. So I will uh, talk to you next week. I wish you well. Hope you're recovering from your allergy issues. Yes, <laughs> yes, I am. Thank you. That's why I'm glad to see the train. <laughs> Good luck to Auburn tonight against Arkansas. Thank you so much. I tell you what, I think I think it's going to be a close game, but uh, I'm hoping we pull it out. Mark, a big assist to you. You got a huge assist. Yeah, I almost overlooked that. I apologize. Um, but anyway, the long and the short of it was the athletic director Rutgers. He got a hold of me afterwards. He was not very happy. I got the brunt of it, thanks to Jim. So you got in trouble. I did. He yelled at you? Suspend well, you without pay? Suspend you with pay? He couldn't do that, but he wasn't very happy. But here's the deal, if you really want to know. I really do at this point. I'm, I'm vested now. I got, I, I'm all I'm in. I'm trying to be safe on this. He Why? didn't yell because he, had, he was also having consumed some beverages, if you know what I mean. During the game? No, no, this was afterwards. Uh, we, were at, we were at a bar afterwards. That's back in those days when I... When you get reprimanded at a bar. Yes, I you, was. Why don't you come out and get some drinks with me and Mark one, one day? Mark doesn't go out and drink. I would for that, I would. Oh, Line him up. When's the last time, Blame seriously? No, no, no. I know I know. Nick does, but when, when's the last time you actually went out? You got so much on your plate. Well, I can forget all my worries. I can drink away all my obligations. Glass of milk. Chocolate. <laughs> Chocolate milk, I can handle that. Where would we On go, the Nick? Rocks. Nick, where would we? Go? Where would ice. you take us, Nick? Where would you suggest we go? Hmm. To a break. Good idea. I'll have to think on it. Yeah. boys and girls here on this thursday edition thanks for hanging with us the opening kickoff continues right here on the sports station wnsp and wnsp.com uh, a reminder we have yet another qualifier for the big uh competition there the wnsp march madness matchup challenge meet us at mo's man on wednesday that's when we uh, start giving you guys teams if that if that team wins you win a smart tv from bailey's tv and mattress and you get two one-hour wave runner rides from gulf coast water reynolds all right are we uh, all set to get out to phoenix let's go to phoenix let's get to phoenix uh and talk to robbie baker uh formerly of uh, tv5 here in mobile and now one of the best tv commentators anywhere west of the mississippi Hey, Robbie, how are you today? Hey, I appreciate the uh, the intro there. Good Absolutely. morning, guys. Absolutely. So I was excited to get you on to get Kevin Durant's debut in his first home game. How did that go? <laughs> uh, well, warm-ups were uh, the first 10 minutes of warm-ups were fun. Uh, it was like uh, a thunderstorm on Fat Tuesday, I think is the best way to describe uh, last night. The Footprint Center was was primed. It was ready to go. Uh, I mean, about two hours before tip off for an hour and a half when they started letting fans in, uh, the lower bowl started to fill up. I mean, it felt like the energy in the building last night felt like it did in the Western conference and the NBA finals when I was there, uh, two years ago. I mean, that place was ready to, to the roof was ready to go off that place. When he came out for his pregame warmups, people went nuts. Every shot that he made just during his you know, free throw shooting routine, every time the ball went through the hoop, the crowd cheered and KD chants. And then uh, he slipped 
He rolls his ankle, and uh, according to reports this morning, he's going to be out four to six weeks. You know, Robbie, it really, when I saw it happen, it kind of looked like they were filming Thunderstruck 2 or something. You know what I mean? And like he loses all his basketball ability and some kid gets it or something. It was just the most random <laughs> thing you could possibly imagine, right? Uh, well, and so even crazier, so it happened when we were live on TV. So I was doing my live shot around 5:45, and we're talking about the you know debut, and we're tossing to sound. We come out of the soundbite, and my photographer uh, had to give a shout out to Brad Gass because he's always on it. He uh, he panned over to get a live picture of of Kevin Durant right as he slipped, <laughs> yeah. but my back was turned, so I I didn't actually see it happen. And but and also when it happened, he didn't really stay down or anything. He slipped. Popped back up, retied his shoe, and kept going. And, you know, for those of you that weren't in the arena last night, which I'm assuming none of your listeners were, his pregame routine is incredibly strenuous. I mean, he was, he was, he gets a sweat on uh, before a game. I mean, it's like a full workout. And he continued that for about five more minutes. He finished his whole, you know, routine and then walked around and actually signed some autographs going around the lower bowl before going, <clears throat> excuse me, going into the locker room. So, I had no idea that the slip even happened until a few minutes after the live shot. And, I mean, for my eyes, I would have never even believed it because he looked totally fine. Five minutes, ten minutes later, the Suns send out that he's out of the starting lineup and hurt his ankle, and it, then the ripple just went through the arena. The air totally came out of the place. So did he come out and sit on the bench, or did he go to the hospital? What happens then after that? Oh, I, I don't know where he went specifically, but I started to feel like this was not just a he tweaked his ankle because he never came back out. Uh, he was never on the bench last night, um, at least to what I could see. Um, and, you know, even after the game, uh, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, when the guys were asked about it, you know, K- KD was uh, he was out there with Terrence Ross for a little bit. And when it when he actually did slip, he was the only Suns player out going through their pregame routine so most of the guys said they didn't even the guys in the locker room obviously didn't really know what happened um, live and then when they came back in Chris Paul and Devin uh, Booker said they didn't even know that he wasn't going to play until they were getting ready to come back out for you know the layup lines and to get the game started and they were getting in the the tunnel and KD was you know getting his ankle looked at on the trainer's table and they went over to him and kind of figured out what was going on and then basically found out then that he wasn't going to play so it wasn't even you know, five minutes before the game that most of the guys realized that the debut wasn't going to happen. And, and Robbie, when does this ever happen in the NBA where a, a player goes down in pregame warmups? I, I can't recall, especially somebody of his magnitude. Oh, I, I can't, um, I can't remember a situation specifically like this. That's just this bizarre. Um, but uh, as somebody who grew up in Phoenix and has worked here again in the last couple of years, uh, this is part pain. Just Phoenix sports are pain, guys. <laughs> this is, this is uh, we've, Arizona sports fans have become accustomed to the, uh, whether it was, you know, Larry Fitzgerald scoring in the Super Bowl only to have that undone with a minute 30 Steelers game-winning drive or uh, the Suns when they made it to the finals having to go up against Charles, or, uh, Charles Barkley and the Suns going to the finals having to go up against Michael Jordan back in the early 90s. Uh, other than the, the Luis Gonzalez game-winning hit in the World Series, there has been a lot more heartbreak than uh, cheering here for professional sports teams in the Valley. So this was, unfortunately, most of the people I was talking to last night, we were just kind of like, this is 
this is the curse. <laughs> you almost come to expect the shoe to drop at some point. So you said four to six weeks. Where would that take Phoenix as far as the season? Right near the end of the regular season or just what? Yeah, so the, the Arizona Republic, the big newspaper here this morning, uh, said that they, the team executive told them that uh, it was, their fear is it's a grade two sprain, which would be about four to six weeks. This is just the preliminary reporting, um, which their regular season would end April 9th, which was, I believe, like four and a half weeks, give or take, from now. So if he, if that is what the injury is and that is the timetable, then you're looking at potentially missing – you know, more than likely missing the rest of the regular season. And if it doesn't heal the way that they like, he could miss the start of the playoffs then too, potentially. Uh, the start of the playoffs would be around April 17th, I believe, because they have the extra couple days now before the first round starts because of the play-in tournament. But, I mean, they need to get him back for the playoffs. I mean, the good news is that this didn't happen in game one of a playoff series. I mean, if there is a, a bright side to this, it happened now when there's still a the month left in the regular season. Um, but, I mean, there's so many factors to this. I mean, obviously, the Suns are on a four-game winning streak still right now, and they're still sitting at fourth in the West, but they're only a game and a half to two games out of moving up to the two seed, which seemed very likely with KD in the lineup. Now, you know, you almost just want to hold serve, make sure you have home court. The flip side of this is, you know, when Kevin Durant was playing, and we knew he was injured when he got here, but when he was playing, everybody thought, okay, well, the trade made sense. This is this team is locked and loaded to go and make a run and win the final. Well, now that he's injured again, and it was obviously a freak injury. There's nothing. This is nothing against Kevin Durant. This was an absolutely freak incident. But if you look at the guys they traded away, specifically Mikael Bridges, who is just becoming a certified bucket right now for the Nets. I mean, he's scoring 30, 35 points a game at will in Brooklyn right now. And I think Suns fans are probably a little concerned waking up this morning that, again, this is not KD. There was nothing KD could have done last night to prevent this. But he has an injury history. And you look at what Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson are doing in Brooklyn right now. And if this affects the Suns' playoff run this year, this unfortunate incident, then you'll it'll just be another year. It could be another year of Suns fans wondering what if, which I hope it doesn't come to that. I hope he comes back and he, he looks just like he did in those three games we saw him in uh, last week. But it's just it's another another fluke incident that has happened to the Suns, unfortunately. Yeah, you pretty well answered my next question. I was going to ask you, could they make a run without Durant? They lost, uh, like, two key players, you know, to get Durant. Can Do you think they can get to the finals without him? I don't think they could get to the finals. Just because the West is just so stacked uh, this year, Um I don't. I don't think this roster without Kevin Durant is is good enough to make it to the NBA Finals without him. Um, that's just my opinion. Um, but I mean, the other potentially bright side to this is when they, the Suns have had injuries throughout the season. Devin Booker has missed, uh, I believe, a month's worth of games if you add up all the time that he was injured with his groin injury. Chris Paul was hurt at the beginning of the year. DeAndre Ayton had a few minor uh, nicks at times. Uh, so a lot of the bench guys and the guys who are your 10th, 11th, 12th guys on that, that bench have played a significant amount of minutes this year. And you look at even last night, Tory Craig, Josh Akogi, Ish Wainwright, those are not household names and they're becoming more household names here in the Valley because they have, they've had to been, you know, thrust into battle uh, with all the injuries this year. So if there is a, a long-term silver lining, hopefully Kevin comes back at some point in the next, you know, four to five weeks, if that is what the injury timeline is. 
when he comes back, he inserts into the lineup, and all these guys that have had to step in for him uh, throughout the time that he's been missing, they you know they just have more experience then. The moments won't be too too big for them, hopefully, when their number will be called upon. Because you know you guys know how you know, when it comes to the NBA playoffs, Durant will have to step up. Aiton, all the big names have to be there. But it'll be a guy like Terrence Ross somehow going off for 25 points in a game. That'll be the difference potentially in a playoff game that could swing a series. That happened to the Suns last year. Um, you know, Spencer Didwitty and Maxi Kleber, you know, Luca was a, a star in that Western uh, Conference semifinal last year, but it was bench guys for the Mavericks that the Suns just couldn't stop. So uh, hopefully the Suns, get those bench guys they have this year can can get some mojo going that can help them in the playoffs. It's Fox TV announcer out in Phoenix. Uh, Robbie, the, the other thing you said that caught my attention, so you actually have a daily uh, daily newspaper out there every day? Uh, we do. Yeah, yeah, the uh, the Arizona Republic. Well, good for you. <laughs> I, I think that, Robbie, was probably directed more at me than you. That's what we call being passive-aggressive on this show. <laughs> nice to be able to pick up a newspaper every day and see what's going on, right, Robbie? Because because I have the power to, 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 yep. to bring back a daily newspaper. <laughs> if anyone could do it, it's you, Mark. Yeah, yeah, sure, why not? Uh, while while I'm at it, I'll just serve. Uh, I'll solve world hunger and 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 I'll let you know who wins the Academy Awards this weekend, Lee. <laughs> well, at least I'll know who to bet on. Then. Yeah, exactly. I can't pronounce half the actors' names in there or the movies, but whatever. I'm sure Robbie agrees with me. Top Gun Maverick is 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 the best movie of the year, regardless of whether or not it wins. Back me up oh, on this, absolutely. Robbie. See, Robbie, hundred and ten percent. Mark, I agree with you since simply because I don't know any of the other seven movies. Yeah, some banshee movie. <laughs> yeah, this is. I a- can agree with Lee in the sense that I don't actually. I couldn't honestly probably name any of the other movies that are nominated. But also, how many times is a sequel potentially better than the original? You should just win the Academy Award just on that. I like where your head's at, and I think you gave us something to chew on for the next 15 minutes or so. Hey, uh, <laughs> Robbie, we appreciate you getting up early with us, man, because I know it's a little bit earlier over there, but uh, I hope you're doing well. It sounds like things are going well for you, and uh, we appreciate the time. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, if you have any Suns fans, Kevin Durant fans out there, uh, he's supposed to be get- officially getting more uh, imaging done today, so hopefully we'll find something out from the team either today or tomorrow officially. But I appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. Have a good one, man. Thanks. You bet. Now, generally, that's a topic, by the way, that we've had in the past. There's only a handful of movies, of sequels, that are better than the original. You know, and I, I'm i shocked that you haven't even brought this up, or maybe I wasn't listening. That's probably a better bet. About the Creed movie. Yeah, what about Which it? you saw. I did. But you haven't talked about it much. Right. But most of the reviews I've seen are saying that this is actually better than the previous ones. I disagree. Okay, that's fine. This is these are these are not people I know. I, I, I can't quote. When I when I see a movie that came the ball is and there you are. You're running for your life. You're a shooting star and all the years. No one knows just how hard you worked. But now it's One last time. Come on, guys. Get in on in. 694-1055. Be the latest to qualify for our WNSP March Madness Matchup Challenge. Uh, and meet us at Moe's downtown on Wednesday, March 15th. And you will receive a team in the NCAA tournament. If that team wins, how about two 
one-hour wave runner rides from Gulf Coast Water Rentals, the only rental spot here in Mobile of Wave Runners, and and because we're giving away a whole bunch of stuff, a smart TV from Bailey's TV and Mattress. Uh, we'll qualify 58 people between the opening kickoff and the final drive. We'll leave some spots open. So if you don't qualify, you can come on out to Moe's and have a chance at the party. Indeed, and uh, good luck. And uh, as I said earlier this week, we actually have been on record with uh, walk-ins winning uh, coming in there and getting a team and winding up with uh, the big prize. By the way, on the subject of basketball, Alabama's all-star boys and girls teams report to Mobile today, Mark, for the upcoming 33rd annual Alabama-Mississippi All-Star Basketball Classic. It'll be played at the Mitchell Center Saturday. The girls play at noon, and the boys play at 2 p.m. All right. Uh, we got our, We got our latest qualifier. Yep, Donnie is our next qualifier. All right, Donnie, nice job. So uh, we look forward to seeing you out there at Moe's on Wednesday. Drinks are on Nick. Nick got that WNSP credit card. He does. That company card. Do I? Yeah. Hmm. Line them up. Is Air Sports One going to be down there also, Nick? You going to be driving that down? Um, Probably not. Um. No, I don't think there will be a big blue bus uh, parked off off Dolphin Street. No, not for this event. Well, it will be in action tomorrow. We're going to be at Faith Academy from 6 to 9 uh, broadcasting, and we'll have a few of the uh, coaches from Faith Academy. And then at 8.30, a former Faith Academy basketball coach is scheduled to join us. He is now on the Auburn coaching staff they play arkansas at six o'clock game three of the four games of the sec tournament chad pruitt scheduled to join us once coach faith to a state title how about that so we'll be busy well, and then we'll have to do our big deep dive into the academy awards and preview that this weekend because mm. <laughs> we, we haven't done that today i thought we just did that okay yeah. Hoy kwan is guaranteed guaranteed Another Nick Wiggins fact, he's going to win Best Supporting yeah, Actor. Like so Kendrick if you're throwing Perkins. money on something, do it on that. He's like Kendrick Perkins. That's a fact. I'm just saying facts. You saw where uh, First Take came out. He didn't yeah. apologize, but basically apologized because yeah. that was how not indeed of, true. Nick, do you ever keep track of how many of the guarantees are actually worthwhile? I mean, that actually yeah, paying out? So, so far, I'm, I'm shooting 100%. You're 100%. Yep. Okay. On, on all get on all facts and guarantees, yes. Can you think of where he guarantees that he's one hundred percent on yeah. all facts and can guarantees? Can you think of any time I I've been wrong? I can't think of any time we've Lamar been Jackson. right. Lamar Jackson. That wasn't a guarantee. Yes, it was. You came that wasn't on, a guarantee. Fact. Uh, let's see, Jokic, the best assist man ever. Well, that's a guarantee in a fact. <laughs> If it wasn't so laughable, I, I'd have a comeback on it. But it's just, it, it, I don't. It, see I think he just called you a joke, Wiggins. Yeah. I don't see the humor. Well, that's the point. Um, I don't know whether you're serious or not. And and if you're if you're serious, then I have a real problem with you. Ooh. The only Ooh. joker fight, fight, that I'm fight. talking about is the one that's the best passer of all time. A.K.A. Nikola Jokic. Speaking of uh, movies and the Joker, what what about the the sequel being um, an all musical? Oh yeah, they got Lady Gaga up in there. That should be good. Y'all yeah. like that new Star Is Born? 
You know, Lady Gaga. Lee, did you watch that one? It's funny you mention that. My wife had it on again yesterday. She's seen it about five times. That's about the fourth remake of that? I think so. Yeah. It's a little depressing. (laughs) Yeah, it is. I like that movie. It's not a rom-com, that's for sure. All right. Did you ever watch the first one? Did you ever watch the first one with Judy Garland? No, I didn't watch that one. Because the new one is the best. Yes, yeah. You guarantee, oh, you guarantee that. that, right? The guarantee? <laughs> I can guarantee. Well, I can't even guarantee we'll be back at six, but we're <laughs> going to give it a shot. Until then, see ya.